All right. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephen Borbell. Uh, I'm the driver of the number two Ford Mustang Ford Next Level Motorsports. I am joined by Richard Wolsifer to my right. Richard, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. Richard Wolsifer here, 56 Chevrolet. Uh, Spitzbull Chevrolet for Limitless Esports. And over to the other side of the screen in the far corner on the other side of Borbell, we got Carl Pooler. Hey, Carl. ladies and gentlemen, race fans of all kinds. Uh, this is Carl Pooler, number 71 Chevy, uh, driver of Limitless Esports there. Uh, currently, the last few weeks, disappointing everyone. And below me, you see our guest uh, feature tonight is the 91 Patrick Hernandez. And uh, Patrick, as always, uh, it's great to listen to you, great to talk to you. You're very uh emotional and it's hilarious oh, yeah. to, to hear you uh, on the track so how you doing tonight man doing fine i'm excited to to be finally here and for those who watching the podcast for the first time and don't know me my name is patrick hernandez number of the number 91 green speed under armor for mustang for ghost motorsports uh Finally, it's my time to be here on the hot seat at the Holler Podcast, <laughs> and I'm really excited of what this episode is going to bring to everyone watching. And we're happy to have you, Patrick. Uh, Carl made a really good point of you are very entertaining every week, and uh, we've, we've been waiting for the right time to get you on, and, and we're so excited to have you and what you can bring to the table here tonight with us. But um, just wanted to, again, welcome everyone in to episode eight of the Holler Podcast. I, I can't believe we've already been doing this for two months now. Um, it feels like a, a part-time job that I'm not getting paid at. So uh, what else is new? But <laughs> wanted to take a moment. Hey, time out. He's, right? he's not paying for podcasts. <laughs> oh, I know. Adam, I, we blame you. I have right? three full-time jobs. <laughs> Four if you include planning for wedding and stuff. So, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> wanted to take a moment and thank our sponsors. Uh, we got Butt Kicker, the leader in haptics, um, Sundance Pizza, Ideal Lease, and TriVista. Uh, and a reminder that a new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast every Friday. You sure about that? Or Saturday <laughs> or Sunday sometimes. Maybe Richard will Maybe even Monday. Me. Maybe Monday. <laughs> it really just depends. Like I said, right now it feels like I have four different jobs. Um, you know, one thing you could count on is that it will be uploaded before our next episode oh, is live on Facebook. That, that is, true. is a that is very guarantee. True. I can promise you that. <laughs> but... Um, for up-to-date news on the Butt Kicker Cup Series, please be sure to like our page on Facebook and visit www.brbracingleague.com. So, last week, the Butt Kicker Cup Series, we visited Michigan International Speedway for the the Butt Kicker 250, I believe the name was. Yes, it was the Butt mm -hmm. Kicker 250. And um, we had a very successful practice race, I would say, on Monday night um, leading up to the race. And we got into the race Tuesday with some pretty high hopes um, of the tight racing that that, that went on Monday. And uh, it turned out to be a very similar story Tuesday with the very tight racing. But that led to some issues of making it hard to pass and some people getting frustrated <laughs> not being able to pass. And, and some people even no, holding some others really? up, maybe. <laughs> so, it was an eventful race. It was very it was eventful, fun. and we'll have a lot to cover on that race. Um, and before we cover the details and the nitty gritty of the race, want to go over. Uh, it was won by Ronnie Norman for his third win of the season. So congrats to Ronnie. Um, was that his third? 
Did, was his third? Got Daytona, oh. got Bristol, and now he takes Bristol. Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah, I forgot about Daytona. Honestly, I. So congrats, sorry, to Ronnie. Ronnie. <laughs> dominating, leading seventy-nine laps. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Gavin Rogers ended up coming in second, and Brendan Maddox rounded out the top three and third. Um, there were a total of seven different leaders, twenty lead changes, and five cautions for incident. So it was a relatively active race um, when it comes mm-hmm. to lead changes. Um, Yes, it was hard to pass. However, I guess a lead change isn't necessarily considered a full pass. It's whoever's leading at the start-finish line. Like, that can go back and forth pretty easy. Um, yeah, look at but, Daytona. Exactly. So, <laughs> Daytona in 100 laps, you can have 50 lead changes. It doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah. Um, let's see. Patrick, I'll start with you. You finished eighth. Take us through your race, your highs, your lows, uh, what you took away from it. Man, uh, I have my third best race of the season. You know, uh, the 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 car has so much speed. I was lacking the long run speed, which I messed up on the first stage. Now, um, when we went to pit at, at 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 the stage break, I saw the the tire wear, and I was able to make the adjustments. You know, of of how to take the the, the turns and all that. So I made the adjustments, and on the second stage, I was uh, able to keep the speed. You know. Uh, uh, the car was still fading on the long runs, but not as bad as um, at the first stage, which I feel extremely happy. I led a couple laps, so that's my best part of the race. Uh, the car has so much speed, and I was involved in a wreck. I have I had to use my fast repair, and then I was trying to pass some. But then I don't know how many laps were were to go. I think it was two to twenty eight to go. I don't remember. Uh, I was trying to pass a lap down car, which I'm not going to mention any, any names or number, just in case, for, for the sake of everybody. You know, um, he, uh, that's my only problem on the race, you know, having to deal, not deal with lap cars, you know, but deal with lap cars that they know they're slow, you know, and they they put it hard to everyone to delete lap cars and faster guys. So um, I, I was having a hard time, and me having no more fast repairs i needed to be smart about my moves which i messed up you know <laughs> i tried to to make a desperate move which i failed miserably <laughs> <laughs> and and man that's enough to deserve the meatball of the week i admit i openly admit that so uh, there are a handful of people i think just, are in, case, of it this just week. in case <laughs> if you give me the meatball of the week yeah i deserve it, I deserve we'll, get it. There. we'll get there there were definitely plenty for that race yes. Yeah, Carl, you were so, muted. Yeah, Carl, you're muted. <laughs> so yeah, I tried to make a desperate oh, move, yeah. which I thought I was clear, you know, mm-hmm. and I I fail. After that, the car was fixed. Uh, the outside of the car was looking great, but I lost like 200 RPM, so the car had no more speed. I was able to to stay with the pack because of the draft, but once I got out of the draft, you guys were gonna sail away, so. Uh, that's the only, that's the bummer for me, you know, and I should know best, you know, you know, I have no fast repair. I, I needed to take things, you know, more easy and keep waiting for my time, but, um, I rushed things and, and I messed up. Uh, I already apologized in the server for the yellow to everyone involved, you know, and yeah, I, I know I messed up. never happened. <laughs> Bro, I wish that yellow <laughs> never happened too, you know, but... <laughs> 
yeah, uh, I owe my mistake. You know, I messed it up there. Um, again, my bad to everyone there. I know I, I messed up strategies. I messed up a really nice battle. So uh, I feel bad for it. So right. it's part uh, of racing. I mean, but man, sometimes going uh, aggressive I keep... can help you and, and benefit you. And when it benefit you, mm-hmm. benefits you, it, it's really nice. But it's yeah. easy to sit back here on, on Thursday now and look back on Tuesday <laughs> and like, ah, oh, I was too aggressive. But Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, Trust uh, us. We're... we're f- we are very well aware of oopsie yellows from a prior Michigan race that we will not mention the driver of. <laughs> but man, you I know. was nice. I didn't say it, Adam. That was Borbel. <laughs> you know, man, but after that, I felt so disappointed with myself, you know, because that was all on me. So, but hey, our mistakes that. I'm going to learn from it and try to not do it again and, and trust my spotter. My, my spotter was drunk. <laughs> He told me clear. He told me clear, so I yanked my steering wheel to the right to make the aggressive block. But of course, I wasn't clear, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna send the bill to my spotter. You know. Uh, there you go. Stop, you know? There you go. So. Gotcha. And... But yeah, man, I had such a fast car, but I managed to lead some races. I had the speed to race in in the top five, but I, mean, uh, I messed it up in the end, man. I mean, forty-one points is is not a. A bad points day by any means, so it definitely helps your case uh, in the standings oh, yeah. that we'll cover in a bit. Um, but with that, I'll move it on over to you, Carl. You came home with a top ten, finishing in tenth. Uh, take us through your race. Oh man, my race was absolutely disappointing. Um, I went into it very confident. I love Michigan. I love how it feels. I love how it races. So many lines. Um, it, 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 and I don't know if it was the tire chain, you know, the tire model change or something like that. It, it just felt so tight. I, I couldn't do anything. And on, on top of the passing, the passing was tough. Uh, it, it almost raced like a short track in terms of the passing. And, uh, in fact, Adam said something, uh, during the race that I kind of, uh, uh, associated with is like, man, I got to stop being so nice. Cause man, I would, I would kind of give up a little bit on the entry of the corner and let someone, you know, do the slide job. I would lose a little bit on the exit, but I was trying to save the tires and I was the exact opposite of Patrick there where I was on the long run the short run. I didn't have the speed. I didn't have what I needed excuse me, on the uh, short run, but on the long run, I I feel like I had a lot of speed, but the moment I started showing speed, there was a caution, either for stage or for incident. Uh, It felt like once I finally got a rhythm, finally got my speed going, there was a caution or something to interrupt it. So it was, it was (laughs) actually, uh, Adam and I talked about this last night. I don't know how many times I saw the, either the bumper of the five or um, <coughs> the 91 in front of me, and I was <laughs> trying not to uh, trying not to make sure that I ran him over. And, and it is such a, a tough balance because I absolutely love the guys we race with. I, I I have never felt a league so close together, so fun to race with, and I don't want to make enemies. Um, I, I, I I agree. With I, I, I I like to think of myself as a non-combative guy, which is weird because I'm you know racing so uh, that definitely doesn't add up uh but uh all these guys i love to race with i don't want to make enemies but at the same time like there was uh at least two three moves where if i would have been a little more aggressive a little more 
less for I should say a little less forgiving that I might have been able to keep a spot or take a spot or something like that. So overall, uh, my own performance, and I'm my own worst critic, uh, but I'm extremely disappointed. Uh, I know a lot of guys would love a top 10 finish, but uh, it was just not my night, Tuesday night. I, I can understand that, and uh, I'm sure the guy sitting to my right can also understand that. Um, <laughs> Richard, you, you came home this weekend, or this week <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> And uh, dead last, um, I'm gonna put it. Thanks. I'm gonna put it <laughs> as harsh as possible. Nice to put it lightly there. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, gotta, man. Keep your Richard, down. you were you died on your yellow. You know they sent you to the to the end of pit wall, and then you hit like like head first. Then you bounce. Man, I saw my life pass be before my eyes because. You were crossing, and I was like about like a feet away from hitting you. Like I saw you crossing, I said, like, "Oh shit! Oh man! Like oh boy, I'm bad." Yeah, uh, I, man, it was a close one. What's a close one? I, I don't know. I like Carl. I I like Michigan. Um, me and Carl, probably one of our best races we had as a team coordinated event was mm -hmm. a couple couple seasons ago at Michigan, where we took two tires under green and we. We were going to win that race. It was there was no question about it. We were going to take one and two, um, and unfortunate caution kind of destroyed that strategy. Stevens over here smiling, like, "No, you're not." It's like <laughs> you know, we talked to Adam; he'll say, "Yeah, we did." I, I, but, uh, oh, we're digressing a little. We're going to get away from that. Because anyway, that's, not, that's either here or now. We're in the present. So uh, I put some practice. I put practice in last week. Uh, I was unable to attend the Monday practice because I was at the Daytona 500, which was amazing. Uh, was with Adam and everything, so uh, was unaware of a slight change to the setup and did not care for how the car drove. I did not like how we couldn't really pass. It, you know, Carl says it drove more like a short track. No, to me, it more drove more like a super speedway. Is because once you got out of the draft, you weren't catching the people in front of you. Uh, the car just didn't have the get up and go out of the turns, so you needed that draft to get that little bit of um, acceleration to be able to get up to the top speeds everybody else in the drafts were getting. That aside, I did not have a clean race, sadly. <laughs> I uh, came out of turn four. Points. You know, I know, <laughs> but those, <laughs> those eight incident points has killed me, <laughs> and I'm going to explain why. <laughs> so coming out of turn four my first caution i don't remember what lap was i th th this track is officially in the back of okay cool thanks for telling me that didn't <laughs> care to remember that but okay god we know uh, i came out of turn four and i was driving the line like i had been you know pretty much every single lap next to people and i guess i didn't think patrick was as far down as he was <laughs> so i got into his door which shot me down to the infield um, and I got in the grass and I was trying to get the car under control and yep, there it is. Thank you. Sorry. Lap 21, 22. I came back up into the track and took out Gavin. I know he was not happy about that. Gavin, I am so sorry. I, you know, I don't do stupid things like that. Um, Gavin also, he caused me to spin a little bit there just because he was right on my bumper when it happened. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not his fault. But, like, that's what sent me to the infield overall. <laughs> Look at that mess oh. right there, because everyone was anticipating it. So, oh, I my. Right so, there. anyways, I 
I came back up, took out Gavin, and then I'm I locked down the brakes at that point because I'm just like, all right, everybody go around me, and then I get Arca braked <laughs> by by Erickson, dude. I'm like, I'm in the middle of the track, I get it, but I am stopped. I'm not, my car's not going up and down like a lot of other people's cars do, and I just get drove drove through. Like it's just like, oh okay, I didn't get a meatball for that either, which was shocking. <laughs> I I don't know how because he hit me a ton, but um. So after that, I decided to just uh, go in and take all the optional repairs because um, like I'm not going to waste a fast repair for a non for a not a meatball. It just doesn't make sense. Little did I know that I still had cosmetic damage after all the optionals was done, and I had no power still. Like I could not catch even our mm-hmm. slowest people in in the race. I could not catch them in the draft or out of the draft. That is why I did not like that setup. You you couldn't do anything unless you had the draft, and it sucked. Um, so I decided, I was like, you know, after the whole stage two of not being able to catch anybody, I, I literally went all stage two of just, like, dealing with the fact that I'm in the back. Came in before the final stage. I decided to take my fast repair because I was like, I need to be able to compete. Like, this, is, this ain't going to work out if I can't compete. And then... Uh, Maddox and Clapper got into each other, <laughs> which not a big deal because it didn't get in my driving line totally, but I slowed down to get around them. And the same guy that aren't to bring me on the front stretch <laughs> drives through me in the turn <laughs> oh, and man. blows my motor. So now I'm out of fast repair and there's still about half the race left. <laughs> And I'm I'm just like oh cool thirty two minutes of required repairs now, it it was not a good race for me. I'm I'm disappointed in myself. I I put myself in really bad positions. It just it, uh, just another one of those bad races I didn't want. You know, and it, and it's funny because I know a couple episodes ago we were talking about how Richard was like, oh I gotta keep Carl calm, and he was definitely radioactive <laughs> and everything and. It, the, the roles were swapped here, man. Richard was livid. Absolutely livid. Man, and I'm, here I'm I am. Really and sure. like, I, I, I had nothing to say because I'm like, I'm on the track. I'm racing. I'm not happy with my 10th place finish. But, you know, at least I finished. So uh, I was like, Carl's like, oh. Oh, I don't like ninth. And I'm like, at least you're on the track. <laughs> exactly. So I'm kind of like, ah, oh, shit. Um, maybe I need to find a support group for you know ninth, tenth place finishers right now. So, oh man, it was just a, a eventful race to say the least. Definitely, and I I think I can speak a lot to somewhat how Richard felt in a way. Um, the the setup was frustrating. The longer we ran it, um, in the short mm-hmm. time that we did. Um, on Monday, we had a lot of fun, but granted, we had six cars, um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't on a bigger scale, and uh, it worked out well for Monday. And honestly, Tuesday, it was a good race, like entertaining-wise. Um, mm-hmm. From the driver's seat, it wasn't necessarily fun at times because you were kind of stuck and you kind of needed that help. Um, so I can see the point of like the super speedway. Um, there was that lap 22 incident that, that Richard had started and, <laughs> and Carl came down reacting to it right into my, my front mm-hmm. bumper and <laughs> that got things started. And I was just, uh, trying to let that one go and go in, fix the damage. And little <laughs> did I know, I actually had uh, residual damage from it from not taking a fast mm-hmm. repair kind of thing. Um, 
but I still felt confident after that. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I liked my chances this race. I, I thought this would be one I could finally pull through on. Um, I felt like I was battling up front most of the race. And uh, especially on the long run, um, Gavin and I worked really well together to catch um, mm-hmm. who I think were the most dominant cars of the day, uh, Ronnie and Dustin. Um, they were both up there, and we could easily catch them mm-hmm. on the long runs and, and not quite blow right by them, but we had the speed, um, to say the least. And then there was uh, some sort of incident that I got in with uh, with Dustin. At the time, I felt like I was just being crowded and basically shoved down um, – into the infield, which gave me a meatball because I ended up getting arc braked as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I had to use my fast repair there. After that, I had the speed again. The uh, other Matthew. <laughs> yeah, the other or the other. Nope, Matthew. No, no, that was Rusty Sanchez. Okay. Oh, was it? Yeah. But it was it, Rusty Sanchez that did it. Got over that and finally clawed my way back up again. Track position was super important. Oh uh, yeah, with how hard yeah. passing was. So I really yeah, didn't man. want to have to claw through the field again. Um, but ended up clawing through the field again. And then whatever happened with Jared and I with 25 to go or so, um, some of the worst net code I've ever seen. I'm half a car length away from him. And it, it spins that was him such a me. frightening experience. I see yeah. arting into right, the right, shenanigans with the net code. <laughs> it, it, it was terrible. And from that, I had 50 seconds of repairs. And I was thinking, you know what? No big like, deal. No, I'm like I'm in second or third place at the time. I'm just like I'll take tires and I'll I'll stay out. It'll be fine. I didn't really think I had any sort of damage because it wasn't much of a contact. But yeah. um, in that final little spurt to the end, I I started off strong, but then I realized I did not have the speed that I had anymore because of the damage, and it fell off like a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I fell. I felt so good being side-by-side side against Gavin, you know. You know, um, maybe for a lot of people, you know, it's not it's, it's not a big deal. For for me, that I'm still learning this car, this new monster, you know. It, if you tell me that it's trucks or Xfinity where I'm really good at, then it, it will be, nah, okay, no big deal. But, but with this car that I still learn in every race, man, to be on the same speed that Gavin, man, mm-hmm. he gave me a shot of confidence, you know, like, okay, I think I'm going through the right path, you know. I managed to keep him behind me for, for a couple laps, and then he passed me, and then he fell away. But, but hey, from not being able to hold him off, to hold him off for five laps, and then he went, man, that's that's huge progress, at least for me. And and I am, uh, like like Carl, I'm, a, I, I'm my biggest critic, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for so many years, you know, and and I know I can run good. I know I have the skill to run good. So when I don't do it, I I feel a little bit frustrated with myself, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit hard to hard with myself, you know, and but I know I'm I'm gonna get there sooner or later. I'm gonna get there, you know, and and that's the thing about this league is if you can run on a track with Gavin or Ronnie. Uh, even Adam uh, winning Dover, if you can run with some of those guys, that is just a shot in the arm. That is huge. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, 
and if you can't do it, if you make a mistake, then this is the exact opposite. You know, it's a, it's a total confidence breaker, and it's just one of those like, man, I I feel like you could have you could have done better, but you didn't, and you're just missing that one thing, and you're just left thinking, what could I have done different? What could I yeah. have done better? Uh, to keep up with those guys, so yeah, that's that's definitely Patrick. I definitely feel that being able yeah, to man. Uh, and, hang with those guys. Yeah, it's yeah, even and... tougher when they're your teammates. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's what you have to compare yourself. But against. now, um, Carl, um, my bad, um, Gavin, please don't put a tape on the camera. You know, <laughs> um, watching Gavin's onboard camera helps me a lot. You know, because I go to to the timesheet his time. I watch mine, so I am like, hey, if if he can do it, I'm I'm damn sure I can do it too. So I go to the onboard camera and say, okay, he's breaking at this point. He's turning like this. So I do I do the I do the same with the faster guys, you know, trying to find that reference, you know, um, because again, you know, I'm so used to trucks and and Xfinity, but this car breaks so differently, turns so differently. Uh, behaves uh, under the dirty air and all that. It behaves so differently that I cannot use that experience from the lower series on these cars. So I have to go like with a new sheet and and try to you know uh, try to learn as I go. You know, I get that. I I feel like the trucks are somewhat transferable, um, just mm. because more so than Xfinity. Xfinity is a completely night and day difference in the car. Like trucks you can get a little bit something from but they're a hybrid of the xfinity and the cup car in my opinion yeah um but speaking of gavin um he had a situation where that last caution he had to pit to get enough fuel to get uh to the end and for whatever reason he did not get any fuel um his car did not get filled up and he had to drop all the way back to the end mm. of the line when he was oh. in first or second at the time um and I've seen Gavin frustrated at times uh, because at the end of the day, like if he's not winning, he, he's falling short of his expectation. He, he's another mm -hmm. person. Oh, I feel him. I feel him. So I feel him. You know, if I feel I have the skill to win, man, yeah. I, I feel like like Gavin sometimes. If I know I have the skill to win, and I make those dumb mistakes of not getting enough fuel, you know, man, I will be pissed at myself. Mm -hmm. Like. Come on, man. You you know better than this. So I feel him at, at at that point. And I think that's a lot of what it was. And I mean, I, I've never seen someone get so upset of a second place finish. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm like, I wish I could be upset on a second place finish. Right. But I mean, at the end of the day, he he realized it the night after. It's easy to to calm down oh, yeah. and, and be like, oh, I was overreacting. Well, like, that just shows how <laughs> high his standards are of himself. Yeah. Like, he knows he has that ability. He knows he had that shot and just a, a technical issue, a, a pit road issue. Uh, we see it all the time in IRL uh, NASCAR. Just uh, pit crew has one bad stop in a critical point in a race, and that just adds that frustration. So, Gavin, it's understandable. Um, and, it, and, you know, Personally, me, I'm aiming for any kind of top five at this point. So it, it was definitely odd seeing him be so frustrated. But it, it, putting if I if I were in his shoes and seeing that, uh, I, I can guarantee I would be just as angry as he yeah. was at that time. He just he just needs to fire Denny Hamlin's pit crew. 
Oh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was a crew chief error. But, uh... Oh, man. That, that does stink, though. But, I mean, like, that's the difference when it comes to IRL racing and sim racing, though, is, like, we don't have the mechanical issues that, you know, regular yeah. drivers have. Our car's not going to just randomly blow up. We're not going to go down a cylinder like McDowell at Daytona. Our, our tow link's not just going to randomly break. Our tire's not just going to go fucking flat just for no reason mm -hmm. like we don't get those so things like that or you know the thing i was struggling with first thing last year was my computer crashing on me mm -hmm. those are the different technical issues we have to deal with when it comes to sim racing and like it sucks you could sit there and it's like oh it's because of the game it's like well yes but i mean you could sit there and blame the crew chief also but <laughs> i mean that's just another you know i don't know what happened i don't know if he just accidentally missed check 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 something or it just didn't register um who knows like nobody knows except gavin the only way you can find out is if you went back and looked at it somehow but um but that's just some of the things that we deal with as sim racers and it's and it's mm -hmm. upsetting to see because i mean gavin he he is he's one of our best drivers in the league he's got six wins uh i mean he's he's top tier right now and mm -hmm. yeah something like that it's it's very uh upsetting and i get that i i totally do um but i mean like you were saying i it, Second place is still not something to be upset about, especially coming uh -huh. back from where he was. Like, oh, yeah. The fact he had to start in the back and then pass everybody on what was not an easy track to pass with with how we had the car set up. Mm -hmm. He was he, he did a phenomenal job getting all the way back up to second place. And, and I know beat. a lot of issue. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> but I know a lot of his issues was like, I guess a lot of people were driving him um, not the way he would like. But, like, when they're up there racing and they're ahead of Gavin Rogers, yeah, they're not going to just move to the side and let you have it. I Trust me, if I had a chance, I would have drove Gavin hard. I, I would have just uh, let him by. I mean, you got into him and... <laughs> and <laughs> on lap 22 and gave him a meatball. So. Here we go again. I mean, Man, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to defend Gavin. Sorry. I mean, like... <laughs> Man, you know... Thanks, Corbell! Uh, that's a teammate right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's a teammate and a wingman. Look Not at that. only were, and a bodyguard. Look at both that. of my teammates involved in that incident, but I was as well. So I, I mean, I felt for it even more. But the car just wouldn't stop going right. I was trying to save it. Like it, it's, it's a good transition though I'm into just, our meatball not... of the week. <laughs> and Patrick, since you're our guest, I want yeah. you to go with your meatball of the week first. My my beat. Meatball of the week. I think myself, man. <laughs> I have to be honest. I have to be honest. I think I'm going with myself. <laughs> Is it because of yeah, the incident I... with you and the 13? or? Yeah, the incident with, with the 13. You know, I had a big run. I I thought I was clear. And I yanked, it, I yanked the steering to the right so I could block him and put him behind me because he was making my life miserable being a lap down, but of course, I failed miserably. Again, in my bad, I apologize, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have said I'm sorry I messed up, you know, but <laughs> but yeah, as soon as I make contact, I said, fuck, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm going with myself, man, I, because that was really dumb, that, that was really dumb. And again, a driver of my experience driving those type of making those type of mistakes mm -hmm. 
for myself and and the standard that I know I am, that's unacceptable. So I I'm going with myself. I mean, it's a lot for you to at least own up to that because I I was watching that from my rear view the whole time. And and don't get me wrong, uh, Jeremy was racing all of us in that front pack mm-hmm. very hard. But I do feel like personally, he gave me room um, from time to times. So I don't know if that was just because it was me or what the case was. But at the end of the day, he was racing everyone up in that front pack really hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, being a lap down car, you expect him to give you that room. Um, yeah. It, it was just one yeah, of those you know. And I was going to deal him with caution, you know, like, yeah, he's a lap down, but he's showing some speed, you know. I know that, you know, <clears throat> everyone is fighting for something on track. I know that. And I don't expect, you know, uh, a lap down car to get out of the way and slow down to 50 miles per hour for me. I don't expect that, you know. But if I see you, you know, that you have the speed to at least, you know, trying to get your lap back. Then I go with you because I know I, I, I'm seeing that you have the speed to do it. But if you are slow, if I see that you don't have the pace to even try and get your lap back, then as a courtesy act, you know, hey, just slow slow down, let the people pass by, wait for the lucky dog. You had your chance to get your, your lap back. Uh, obviously, you have no speed, so... Don't make life miserable for the guys uh, behind you. Um, I tried to pass him cleanly on the on the right side, and he pinched me to the wall. You know, and at that point, okay, there's no respect there. You know, I tried to raise you with respect. I tried to raise you clean, raise you fair. You know, and if you squeeze me to the wall, then I'm going to react a little bit more aggressive next time. You know, because, of course, I didn't like the move, so... This time I went too aggressive <laughs> and I failed and and I got my instant karma. But so I was not run. happy the way he raised me and 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 stuff, you know. That's fair, and you can have our meatball of the of the week sticker on your car next week if you want. Uh, <laughs> thank but, you, Brendan Maddox, yes, for making that right. up. <laughs> but, uh, Richard, who who do you have for your meatball of the week? Just. I'm going to call myself out before we all have a chance. Back to back. I, I, I do, man. Like that. We're honest people. We're honest people. That, that wreck with, with Gavin, like I, man, I don't, I don't, I don't do things like that. I, I usually, whenever I get down to the grass, I, I can generally save it. And that time I just, I don't know. I think I was just trying too hard to keep ground still just because of how hard it was mm-hmm. to pass and it's just the car just wanted to keep turning right on me and i couldn't do anything and at that point i should have just hit the brakes and i didn't and on top of that then the whole you know gambling with the fast repair and then the wreck literally laps after just like a handful of laps after is when i get destroyed um just just overall just bad race bad calls by myself so i, I mm-hmm. i'll take meatball the week before one of you two degenerates do it to me <laughs> well, i respect both of y'all for choosing yourselves but uh i, I don't think carl's going to choose himself this week carl who, who who do you have for your meatball funny story oh no Uh-oh. here we go here we go i am going to choose myself because i had some damage um i was trying to repair um, and, and okay, you know what? I, I'm not going to just choose myself. I'm going to pull Adam into this because we both did the same exact thing. Uh, we both were expecting a later stage caution, especially with like 
15, 10, 5 laps to go. I, I, I don't I can't speak for Adam. I know he mentioned he was saving his fast repair. because uh, he I know he said he had he had some damage. Um I had some damage. I think I had to fix like roughly fifty seconds of cosmetics. Um but after uh Steven, you and I we, we got together after that kind of I was trying to avoid and didn't have the spatial awareness with you inside of me. Uh phrasing anyway um <laughs> anyway uh that Not was phrasing um, in a few episodes carl uh, now with the meatball of the episode <laughs> exactly <laughs> there you go uh, but no i there was definitely some some uh damage there and i got it all fixed but the car never hand, handled right uh after that and i think adam was dealing with the same thing and we both uh after the race were were, were talking it's like man we both should have taken our fast repair on that last caution because we didn't have the speed after that. And, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. whatever. I thought I could keep up with the field and the draft and everything, but I just didn't have the speed that I wanted. So uh, I am going to give myself the meatball because I didn't take the fast repair when I should have taken it, and it cost me... Um, not only spots on the racetrack, but points in the in the championship, and that's uh, I think that's what really uh, frustrates me the most is I made a strategy call and it did not work out. So I'm going to give myself the meatball of the week. So three for three for the uh, the meatball of the week for. <laughs> and, and before we go on to your meatball pick, there, Borbell, I've got to say, uh, guys, on Patreon you'll be able to catch uh, pictures of Borbell's knee. Um, whenever we get that started, uh, your knee was in the shop, Borbell. Sorry, uh, people on Facebook got to see it. First. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> that, I'm just gonna just move right past that comment and not even worry about it. But uh, so my meatball of the week, you would expect me to go with myself, but uh, I didn't do anything wrong to myself this weekend or this week. Um, well, I mean, I guess you can. Uh, yeah, that was my biggest <laughs> problem was I, I participated in this race. Um, I, I have to go with uh, Jeremy Clapper. Um, for, surprise, surprise. Specifically <laughs> for spinning Brendan Maddox coming out of pit road. Um, yes. That, it was yeah. unacceptable by any means. I don't care what he's done to you. Um in any in any situation during the race you do not spin someone under caution coming off of pit road when he beat you out of pit road yeah. uh, his spotters telling him to let the 33 by and he didn't um yes they could have ended up solving it and not spinning they could have just gave each other space and then figure it out when they get on the track but that didn't happen and it was his job to let the 33 have yeah. the position and he did not so for that, I'm going to give it to him um, and leave it man, at that. Man, man, he did make a lot of friends in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, so... The past couple of weeks. And by the way, Borbell completely ruined the title of this podcast. If he would have picked himself, we could have totally named this podcast Self-Reflection. But, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> whatever. Borbell hey, ruined but, things like hey, a lot. Steven, hey, get with the program. But hey, Richard, you know, that talks... A lot about us, you know, like class act people that they own their mistakes, you know, and th that says a lot about each of everyone, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good thing. A lot of, I mean, a lot of the drivers here they know when they've messed up. 
like even the past couple of weeks, um, the issues that we've had on track before with some of the drivers, I've had them reach out to me afterward mm-hmm. and you know apologize for for their actions on the track they they've straight up said you know this is not how i normally do things like i you know this so and so got to me and it just kind of boiled over and you know and the fact that people are reaching out to i mean uh you know even any admin uh it just happened to be me this you know these past couple weeks and they're you know they're apologizing for it they recognize they (laughs) messed up before anything was even said so i mean we have people like this throughout this entire league and that is why i love racing with this Mm -hmm. group of people we had our core group of people that came in Mm -hmm. led by adam that made the brb racing league and like the people that we've been able to reach out to join the league race alongside us like we have done nothing but just Mm -hmm. find a very awesome building block set of drivers oh yeah Mm -hmm. and i it just it makes me look forward to more uh, you know, I, these guys. Richard, I want to build off that. Sorry, sorry, Patrick. I don't mean <laughs> to so many don't worry, don't worry. Um, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to Evan Patinko. Um, we Evan and I race around each other almost all race. It, either he was in front, I was in front. There was one time, uh, I he gave me a huge shove into turn one, and it was I was sideways. I don't know how I saved that car. Uh, but I saved it, and he immediately come on there and says, hey, I'm sorry about the bump. And, and Evan drives aggressive. It is straight-up aggressive. Um, but he is definitely – he made him – I mean, I can't even say it was a mistake on his part. I was trying to save tires going for the long run. He wasn't anticipating it, got into the rear end. I saved it. He came over and apologized, and I, that's just what I want to build on is – uh, Evan, if you're listening, I, I totally appreciate it. I totally understand, and there's no hard feelings. I hope uh, you just keep racing hard and keep going for uh, each spot that you can. And, and that's what I love about this league. It's it's hard. It's definitely hard for me to race everyone so hard in this league because I it's such a good group of guys. Yeah, good man, memory. you know, and even though I, after the race, I sent Gavin an apology message, you know, because um, – before my stupid move, you know, when I wreck and cause a caution, uh, I felt I pinched Gavin too much to the bottom on turn one and two, you know, and, you know, I'm using BR, you know, he's on my blind side. I'm relying on the sound of, of, of his motor. So I thought that I pinched him too much to the white line and I kept him behind me. Then on the back stretch, he gave me a bump on the back and I said, uh, did I just mess up, you know, and, 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 and then he passed me, but I kept that in my mind, like, man, did I race Gavin too hard, like, and then after the race, I sent a message to Gavin, hey, man, I'm sorry if I did something wrong, I received your bump, your, ha-. because it was not a, a tap, it was a hard bump, you know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like, I got it, and I understood the message, so, I said, mm-hmm. hey, man, I, I got your, I, I got your bump, I know. So if I did something wrong, man, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I try to improve myself. You know, every week. So if I did something wrong, my bad. And he told me, man, no apologies. We were racing clean, so we're good to go. But yeah, you know, when you receive that kind of a shove, you know, most of the time, <laughs> the person behind you, it's it's not happy. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, but again, he gave me the bump. He didn't say anything. So in my mind, I, I'm having like a thousand scenarios, like in what lap, in what part of the track I messed up. So uh, again, just to be 
just to be sure, just in case. I said, man, my bad, I'm sorry. So, but no, everything was good, everything was fine. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, um, I know to admit, I know when to admit when I messed up. You know, <laughs> that that doesn't make makes me a worse driver or a better driver. You know, so. Gavin but I don't want to, people. you know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to. People think I'm an asshole. You know, I'm trying to be the nicest guy, nicest guy around. You know, friendly. You know, I like. I'm a goof. I'm a goofball. You know, I like to joke <laughs> around. So we know. So so I don't want to go to war. You know. So I don't. I'm here to make friends and have a nice time, and I'm and unwind from the day-to-day -day stress and things, you know. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want is to come here race and having to go to war with four guys on track. So that's the last thing I want. So exactly, and, and you definitely don't want to be at war with Gavin because uh, just for yeah. you will seasons, most likely win. Uh, well, if he gave uh... me that bump, I think that's an enough warning shot. Like, yeah. hey. Hey, don't mess around. Don't mess around. I like you. We were racing clean, but hey, let's draw a line here. So <laughs> don't, don't mess around and find out. Definitely. And uh, with that, we'll move on to um, our, our current standing situation. Um, so none of us had a tremendous points week. Um, I believe, Patrick, I think you had the best points week out of all of us. Um and with that, you ended up falling so. back a spot, though, in the standings, just because Dustin had a, a tremendous race. Um, so hats off to him. He was yeah. always up front. He was fast the whole time. But uh, you're still holding on to that 10th spot, and you got a 30-point cushion over uh, Brendan. So what what are your thoughts on um, your your chance to make the, the chase this season? We have two regular season races left, uh, Rockingham and uh, Homestead. Homestead. Yes, thank you. And uh, how, how are you feeling sitting in the position you're in? Uh, to be honest, I'm not thinking about that. Uh, why? Because, you know, uh, I don't consider myself to be a threat in the chase, you know. You know, I'm, I'm more focused on getting drive, on getting seat time in the car, keep learning the car, you know, keep, you know, polishing those, those small details, those bunch of details that I need to work on. Yeah, I, I'm happy to be in 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 the top ten. Yeah, of course, of course, I'm happy. But if I manage to to make it to the top ten to the chase, you know, uh, I don't see myself as as a threat. You know, as a matter of fact, right now I don't even consider myself to even be on the mix. You know, you know, to be a a a title contender. You know, um, I don't think I'm gonna be able to race in front. Maybe I. I can have, you know, some burst of speed like Michigan that I have my time in front, time in top five, you know. But I don't think I will be a factor in in the title discussion. At least not this season, you know. Maybe next season we have to see, you know. But but right now, um I'm I'm more focused on 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 keep learning the car and and you know and and improving the car. Plus, I don't want to have that pressure of the chase because, you know, that pressure, the only thing it's going to cost me is to put more unnecessary pressure on myself, you know, and I'm, go I'm going to be more prone to mess it up, you know, because naturally, you know, you know, I want to be in the top five. I want to be, you know, I want to be leading the race. So I put enough pressure on myself to be that fast. Then 
putting that pressure of being fast plus the pressure of hey i need to stay in the top 10 no man i'm gonna <laughs> i have i have to be honest with y'all i'm gonna of make refreshing to hear that perspective um that wasn't the answer i was expecting but I, I think yeah. you also have to give yourself a little bit more credit because honestly, I look at this top 10 and heck I look at the top 12, 13 and I look at all those guys. And honestly, if any of them get in, I really think any of them have a chance at it. Mm -hmm. um, are their odds as good as Gavin or Ronnie? No, of course not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, but no. it's, it's, you get in, you never know what's going to happen kind of thing. That's, that's oh, the yeah. beauty of, of the chase is the beauty of any playoff system and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, but I like to keep my my feet on the ground, you know. And, and I don't you know? mean to put pressure on you, but oh, no, you no, are a very no. talented driver in your own right mm -hmm. and, and very well have a chance to, to win the championship as good as anyone yeah. else. Again, if it was a truck championship or Xfinity championship, then <laughs> then I would have the confidence of telling you, hey, man, I can be a threat, you know, because I'm really good on those cars. But on the next gen, you know, um, I'm not I'm not that sure, you know. Mm -hmm. Um again I don't want to put that pressure on me you know I'm using this season as a as a test season to get seat time to learn the car to learn how it drives how it respond how to save tire I need to learn that because it's so different to save tires on this car mm -hmm. than the that mm -hmm. than, than, than the lower car so so the formula that that I know doesn't work too well on this car so uh before I'm I think about five for the championship. I think I, I I need to think about improving myself so I can be in on 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 that position, and then I can I can you know have a nice and real shot to it. You know, mm -hmm. well, I think that's a, a very fair way to look at it. And like I said, it's refreshing to hear hear a very realistic uh, <laughs> outlook for you. But uh, Richard, you did fall back a spot as well. Um, down to eighth. I mean, you still got a very good cushion. Obviously, top ten. Um, you're you're looking pretty. I don't think you can fall out of it unless you didn't race the next two races. Um, and Carl, only a point behind Jared. Only a point behind Jared. Um, and we haven't had Jared on the podcast yet. Uh, maybe one day he'll he'll want to join us. But uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's been a good battle with. Like I said, that whole top ten, um, I feel like we're always racing around each other each week. Wait, am, and, I, uh, am I only a point behind Jared? I thought it was. You are only a point behind Jared. Um, are you sure Jared's not just a point behind Evan? Because I yeah, looked at that. Carl's wrong. Also. What? That's what I thought. I was like, there's no way I'm only. Because I was two points behind Jared going into this race. Oh, oh I see. And I had a bad race. Yeah, you are oh, shit. behind Jared, and then another one behind Evan, 40 behind Carl. Um, oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks, Carl. <laughs> oh, I'm talking from my own perspective. Oh, yeah, crap, yeah, I, was, we know. Uh -huh. I was reading that all wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> and here, Carl, is we give him the, uh, he's the professional statistician. No, he's not. <laughs> but then, obviously. Work has been crazy. I will I... say that. I I mean, I'm, I'm happy I'm still in the top ten. I mean, I'm, like you said, I'm pretty set on more than likely staying within that. Um, I know Jared and I are having a friendly little back and forth of <laughs> of competition, which is great to see, especially after Eldora. Mm -hmm. Like, um, <laughs> I think Eldora is what really solidified him and I being, like, rivals. <laughs> so, like, after Eldora, because how close we were in points, like, every single race, we've just been like, oh, I'm this many points behind you. He's like, oh, you're not going <laughs> to pass me. And I'm like, oh, am I? <laughs> but, um... 
uh, I don't know. It's just that bad race. It just it sucks. I've had three terrible races this year already, plus one race I didn't show up to. Um, so a little disappointing, but uh, I mean, I've still got a chance to beat Jared, so I'm going to hard charge and try to beat him. So I'm definitely looking forward to the chase starting. Um, you know, just like, just kind of like the playoff format, anything can still happen. Like, um, I mean, Gavin, he's very consistent, not nor Ronnie's pretty consistent as well, but still anything can happen. And especially yeah. after gateway and how I was keeping pace with them for a hot minute there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've been putting a lot more practice in, I feel that I may be able to start challenging him here soon. So um uh maybe not this season still but next season is definitely going to be a completely different story it's going to be a different you know competition especially hopefully we have more drivers um so but for this season i don't know i i feel i can still do better in eighth evan jared i'm coming for those positions <laughs> i'm coming for that. all right and that brings I, up a good point of i i don't want to jinx anything and i feel like the top 10 is the top 10 we're going to have in the in the chase um just there is a 30 point gap between 11 and 10 anything could happen there so i don't again i don't want to jinx anything but it seems clearer than it was a couple weeks ago um but there are a lot of close battles for those seedings and based off your position in the regular season you get a little extra bonus points um towards the chase so every spot matters um at this point to get that extra edge over gavin and ronnie and and try to get close to them for when they, if they make a mistake at Watkins Glen or Talladega, anything can happen. You never know. Um, so it'll be good to see that. Gavin make a mistake at Watkins Glen? Come on now. It has <laughs> happened before. It, it, okay, I, hold on. <laughs> Last season, Gavin literally drove Watkins Glen with a 20-plus second win over second place. Man, he demolished and, everyone. And mm -hmm. did it with no incident points. And he uh, never went off track. He never hit another car. Yeah, look at damn. Patrick. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Damn. Yes. Bro. If, if there has ever been a perfect drive on Watkins Glen, Gavin did it. Mm -hmm. And Gavin is lights Straight out up. at Watkins Glen. However, Straight up. However, in seasons prior at Watkins Glen, he has had the race won and on multiple occasions gets taken out by a lap car or something else. So it's something of he can't control kind of thing. Yes, he can be a little bit more careful, I guess, um, in the future. Maybe in the in the, the chase he, he knows that, and he'll be a little more careful. But anything can happen, especially at Gavin's best track. Man, mm -hmm. I have to give Gavin, you know, some credit. Doing a perfect race at Watkins Club. Man, I've been doing these for more than... For more than ten years, and I never been able <laughs> to do a road course with no incident points. So mm -hmm. hey, and uh, I want to interrupt real quick. Jared commented on our Facebook um, live saying, "I told you, Richard, I'll just have to crash you to keep it." Uh, Ooh, to that, that, that's I'm loving this. Oh, Richard, okay. game is on. Okay, <laughs> game is on. All right. Game is on, buddy. I will. I'll make sure I don't get an EOL, but I'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this gave me the vibes of of the Tony Stewart interview at the chain when they when they, when they asked, "Hey, should Carl Edwards be afraid of of, of better of the chase?" That he said, "Hey, he better strap on the next three weeks because he's gonna have to fight it." You know, I guess you guys re, re, remember that. Oh, yeah. So 
these back and forth, it gives me that that type of vibes, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely so, and I'm I'm excited because uh, Richard. Uh, that, that's gonna be fun to watch. Him. Oh um, hell yeah! We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, Rockingham is a place where it's easy to get into somebody, and we'll yeah. touch on that in yeah. a minute, but. I'm pretty much wrapped up here on the standings. Uh, I'll, I'll read off our top 15 real quick, and then if y'all are good, we can move on to, to Rockingham next week. Um, so we got... Field. <laughs> <laughs> Your opinion does not matter here, Richard. But, Actually, uh, it does. Yeah. So we have Gavin Rogers leading the standings, Ronnie Norman in second, Adam Buzio third, myself, Stephen Borbell fourth, Carl Pooler fifth, Evan Patinko, 6th, Jared Hughes, 7th, Richard Wolsifer, 8th, Dustin Stallings, 9th, Patrick Hernandez, 10th, Brandon Maddox, 11th, Matthew Erickson, 12th, and 13th, Jeremy Clapper, Newell, Christopher Campbell, and 14th, and Zachary King rounding out the top 15. So that's our top 15 with two regular season races left, um, and that brings us to Rockingham uh, Speedway in South Carolina, North Carolina. I really don't North know which Carolina. Carolina. Okay, so it's in North Carolina. <laughs> I remember watching races there growing up, um, but obviously the Cup Series hasn't been there in in some time. But uh, so we are there <laughs> this coming Tuesday for the Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, 175. <laughs> and Who I, named I, this race? I I named this race. Uh, I made the logo. <laughs> I wish I had the logo up and ready to go, but uh, I'm really excited for it. Uh, we... Hey, <laughs> go ahead. I expect to have Dwayne the Rock Johnson give me command for, for <laughs> there you go. The I don't minimum know if we have that in the right now. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah, budget allow that. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> since since we're not getting paid, we can't pay him either. But. Uh, I, Do it I'm for very... the vets, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That may that may be the hook right there. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll reach out to my connections um, from other leagues <laughs> and see what we can get going. But uh, so Rockingham or The Rock or North Carolina Speedway, whatever you want to call it, um, is a fast, fun, banked short track. Um, I don't remember if it's three quarters of a mile, mile. or a mile. It's a mile. mile. One mile, one mile. It's a one mile, very quick. Um, during the day, if it's a little warm out, it is very slick, um, bumpy, as can yeah, be. Cool. It's an old surface. Mm. Um, I know Gavin, Adam, and myself ran it recently in a an Xfinity league, and uh, we had time of our life basically. I mean, it was a heck of a time racing with people. When the tires get worn, the track eats your tires real quick. Oh yeah, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to 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 bring us all there. Hopefully it's not too slick, and we're gonna have incidents with that. Um, but you haven't it, practiced yet, have you? <laughs> I have practiced myself. Um, he, he he was there last night, remember? And if I, I remember correctly, I believe I was faster than you and Carl. Um, but uh, not at the end of the night. Oh, I mean, I left early. Shots Sorry. fired! Shots fired! I, I was fast faster than y'all for when I was in there. That's all that matters. But. Uh, <laughs> Do any of y'all have experience on this track, even if it's not in a cup car? I mean, a cup car is completely different on this track than anything else. You, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Patrick. I'm gonna, uh, I, I, I'm gonna show my own weakness like here. I steal the spotlight a lot. I, 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 I think I tried to race it in a truck league, and I lasted maybe 
10 laps and wrecked out. So, um, and that's been a couple of years. Uh, it is definitely a super bumpy track. Um, exits on the four and two are incredibly difficult, especially with uh, how low and how flat these cars are, how stiff they are. Um, Adam liked to point that out last night. <laughs> um, it is definitely a going to be a very huge challenge. I think I ran... Uh, 140 laps of practice and my shoulders were nearly dead so it is going to be a huge challenge for all the drivers on tuesday night definitely man and i, I have go ahead i have it. oh yeah my, no you're good uh, i have to make a lot of homework and that track i raced that track on gen 4s arca trucks affinity gen 6 and i'm i'm quite good you know maybe top 10 top 7 top 5 you know not 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 fast enough to win the race but but fast enough to have a decent race but with this car i never turn a lap on this car at that track so uh i'm going to uh to a complete new place the same way i hope i don't have the same experience as kern you know <laughs> <laughs> i had a hard time that night so uh i'm hoping to have a better race but i i need to get some Minimum 500 laps to of, of practice to figure that place out. Well, and you'll have time of after this tonight. I think there's a, pa a practice session still up. So if you, mm -hmm. if you have time to do that, obviously. But I did want to interrupt real quick. And uh, Heather had a comment, or actually two comments on our Facebook um, regarding Gavin. Um, and she said, I think he wins because he hates losing more than anybody. Um, and she promises that he doesn't have an ego. He's just that hard on himself. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things I love about Gavin. Never thought he had an ego at all. No, he is <laughs> one of the most modest people um, and humble people, especially when it comes to racing. He he does not flaunt his his insane skill um, around. And he's the first to help people like me, especially. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I come to him a lot. Uh, thankfully, being a teammate of his, um, I I feel like I can do that. But I come to him a lot, asking for these tips and these little things here and there, and I get to see his throttle. I get to see his break, um, the luxury that, unfortunately, my competitors do not have. And uh, <laughs> he takes the time to, to help others, definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he wants the product overall to be good, but he wants to win more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. I, I can yeah. definitely get behind. But sorry, Richard, go ahead if you would like to chime in on the uh, North Carolina, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 175. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I put about 30 to 45 minutes of practice in before uh, everybody popped into the Discord for uh, the podcast here. Uh, it's, you know, Carl Carl made a very good comparison last night when we did a little test just to make sure that the car did handle fine. Um, and he said that the, the track kind of feels like a shorter Darlington. It, the way you have to drive it is it's like a, what's up? Yeah, sorry, Steven kind of made that Again, comparison. I, I tell Adam all the time, I say stuff in our team chat, and then he'll say it, what I said into the race chat, and he always steals anything I say. I'm, I'm going to take ownership of that. Uh, that so, so just to I mean, clarify that, said Richard, it first, But I do remember Carl specifically saying it. Well, well, well I think Adam or Steven said it, and then I was like, well, okay, 
and I was really struggling at the time with how bumpy it is and the line and everything. And then someone said that, so I started driving it a little bit different, and I started getting time. I started getting a five hundredth of a second here, a five, a two hundredth of a second there, and it started to click. So, unfortunately, I have to admit I cannot take credit for that. That was either Adam or Stephen for that one. No, I mean it is a very interesting track to drive. It is. Um definitely not comfortable to drive that track um my arms were definitely hurting because that track is beyond bumpy and Mm -hmm. unlike you know like uh adam said last night unlike the xfinity or the trucks these cup cars are a very stiff package when it comes to driving they don't favor these old old services at all he doesn't like bump bumpy tracks at all it is not like even the slightest bit of extra throttle after a bump just wants to send that car sideways. And it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for all of our drivers, especially if they decide not to put any practice laps down, which I really hope they do because we want to put on a good product for, um, I mean, for us to be able to compete, but also for the people that do take the time out of their day to come and watch our racing, uh, which we do appreciate all of our fans out there that do come and watch our racing on a, on a weekly basis. Um, but, uh, it, it, it does have a very good potential to provide some really close, hard, literally door to door racing, because I think the lines are going to be very narrow to run and to run fast. So I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of door to door contact, a lot of fenders rubbing at the, at Rockingham. And it's, I mean, the back, the back straightaway is called Thunder Alley. So, I mean, reason. Lightning, lightning's <laughs> what a strike, man. It's, yeah. it's going to be a, it's, a it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. I raced that track so many times and it's a, tra- it's a track that, that you cannot take it for granted. You know, mm-hmm. you need to race it one lap at a time and you cannot sit comfortable with it, you know, because as soon as you put your guard down, you're, you're going to make a mistake and you're going to spin either on the entry of turn three, exit of turn two. Uh, it's so easy to make a mistake. So concentration is going to be key. Going to be like, if you need to concentrate for Darlington to not get a, a, a Darlington stripe, you, you need to amplify that concentration like three times more at Rockingham. Sorry, I wanted to barge in, but my dog's barking, and I don't want to distract from that. But um, <laughs> Darlington, I think, fits this track perfectly. Um, it's Since it's smaller than Darlington, it's it comes at you faster. Um, but you, you enter the corners a similar way to Darlington 1 and 2, um, especially of you, you send it in super low, and then it just moves up the track naturally. Mm-hmm. And you can't fight it because if you fight it to try to keep it down, you're going to accelerate shred your hard. tires. You're going to shred mm-hmm. your tires and you're probably going to kick out the rear end exiting. Um, so it's a very, very demanding track. People love to think uh, Bristol's demanding track because it is mentally. And I, yeah. I would put this mm-hmm. right up there with Bristol, how mentally draining this track can be and how quick it can come at you. Um, I feel like it's going to be a combination of Bristol and Darlington with managing the race, managing the car, managing the tires, uh, managing your competitors around you. It's going to be a whole compilation of all of those, and it's going to be rough. It it really is going to be rough. I don't want to sugarcoat it, but it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I mean, when when you've got – I mean – one mile doesn't sound like it's that small of a track because we have Martinsville, which is a half mile. We have Bristol, which is a half mile. This track is literally like twice their size, 
but the but construction like, of it because you look yeah i mean you look at new hampshire mm-hmm. new hampshire's a mile one mile track mm-hmm. and it it doesn't feel like it's a mile track it's because but it's those slower. are smooth because, well, what I'm saying, <laughs> what, that's what i'm trying to get at though like new hampshire's a flat track so yes. like you're yeah. going slow in the turns Mm-hmm. This is a very fast track for how mm-hmm. short it really is. Yeah, so, yeah. the I mean, banking of it, and that's why that's why it's so draining. Is because like you you don't have time to think about the next turn. It's like you're out of the turn, and then at the, you got straight away, and then you're already in another turn. Like you have to think quick, right. and that's that's why Bristol is so mentally draining because mm-hmm. there is no time to think from turn to turn. It's you have to be ready for that next turn right as you get out of it. Yeah, but. but uh... At Rockingham, everything is amplified, you know, because at least from my experience, you know, me on the Gen 6, which is the, uh, of the lower class car, is the one that has more power. Even though that car has a ton of, of, of grip and suspension and, and mechanical grip, sometimes you can go full throttle on the backstretch because the bumps are so massive that, that the rear of the car you're gonna lift it and you're gonna spin out like like mm-hmm. real easy that's why i see all the time people getting out of the turn and then on the middle of the backstretch they start sliding and they go down mm-hmm. so and those cars are are a softer suspension so they have more mechanical grip now imagine with this car same power less downforce stiffer suspension you have no time to think you know, mm-hmm. like you, you have to be like on instinct. You know, like, like you, you need to concentrate big time on the turn. Then you have to concentrate big time on this on the backstretch. Then you need to concentrate big time on 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 three and four. Then on the backstretch, you know, it's a it's a constant battle between thinking about the strategy, thinking about the tires, thinking about the guy you have in front, thinking about the guys chasing you on the back. Then having to deal with the track, you have to do so many things at the same mm-hmm. time that um, that thing that's what makes it fun. You know, there's no comfortable, there's no comfort zone on that track. You know, you well, make you make a slight mistake and you're gonna pay. You know, you, you know this this may make me vulnerable on the race, but uh, I did 140 laps last night and it took me 60 or 70 laps. <laughs> to put more than 10 laps together. It yeah. is that difficult. And then uh, the way the track changes, the way the tires changes, the warm up, it, it's it, it's an entirely different challenge. And we've been hitting on it all season long. All of these tracks have been a challenge. The yeah. way they're set up, the way the cars are set up, it's been a challenging, very challenging schedule. It is, uh, I've been doing this for, I mean, I know not Patrick, not as long as you have, but I've been doing this three years. I've been racing the next yeah. gen car for almost two. Uh, but this is a whole other level of challenge I've never experienced. So it's, this is going to definitely take every in the field, a whole other level of just uh, patience. I think that's the, that's the word of the day. That's going to be is patience. Can't yeah. get on the throttle. If you can control the throttle, if, if you can control and manage the tires, control uh, who you're racing around, manage that. That's going to be the key. And, but the, yeah. like you said, Patrick, it is all these factors all in one and you're going to have to do it at split second decisions. Yeah. And in my opinion, if you think Darlington is hard on tires, if you think the old Atlanta is hard on tires, Rockingham is way worse. <laughs> it's way worse. In my opinion, I can be wrong. I don't know. 
Rockingham is the hardest track in the entire iRacing track catalog to save tires. It's the hardest one. I wouldn't argue that. I, I would go exactly with that. Um, and that's what we had learned from at least our Xfinity race that we had run recently um, on Rockingham of on a 60-lap run, your tires are dead. They're at yeah. 10, 15, 20%, at least in the Xfinity. Again, it doesn't fully translate. But the next gen is going to be very similar to that, and especially now with a newer tire model. Um, don't know oh. what that's going to bring in, into it, but those tires are going to be very important and trying to save your tires, yeah. um, at least for the end of the race, end of the stage, strategically, mm -hmm. it will add a nice strategic element that I feel like we miss out at um, yeah. a lot of tracks, unfortunately. But very excited. And uh, with that, I want to know who y'all have winning next week. And Patrick, we're starting with you. Hands down, Gavin Rogers. <laughs> we got the Gavin Rogers fan club here. Oh shit, man! You know, you know, you know. When you race next to him, when you see what he's capable of doing on the same, you know that that's your most, your your most obvious pick. You know, I will say that. Hey, hey, me, but I will, I will be lying to myself. You know, <laughs> I, I'll be lying to myself. So my pick is Gavin. Not a bad pick. I mean, he's always the threat. And uh, with that, uh, Carl, who, who do you got? Oh, wait, oh, no. We're, we're going to do this based off how we finished this past week? Or no, that's only for NASCAR picks. Yeah, it's only for NASCAR picks. Okay. Uh, um... Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> we have momentarily lost Carl. Um I'm not going to readjust. There it is. Oh. What is going on? I don't know what just happened. I might have to readjust the camera. Hey, Carl Pooler, give us, give us uh... your... Uh... No, no, you're Patrick Hernandez. Carl Pooler, give us your... Uh, your... Let me switch y'all around real quick. That was definitely oh, odd. Um, okay, uh, no, honestly, um, I am actually going to pick Jared Hughes. Um, he's been one of the drivers who's been able to um save tires been able to have that fast car he's been able to have that throttle control so i think jared hughes is gonna be my pick there did i miss something you oh, messed I up my cameras oh, after i just i have no them. idea what just happened my computer flashed off flashed on and then i was gone i'm back again that was definitely oh. odd I'm not going to lie. Hey, and that's the hotter podcast, me, Paul, of the episode. There you go. I'll take that one because I have no idea what just happened. Uh, okay, so Jared Corbell, Hughes. do you quit yet? <laughs> I, I have contemplated that week to week at this point. Um, Damn it. I was hoping not to be the, the, the one to push Steven's buttons this weekend, this week, but here I am. I'm sorry, Steven. I, I apologize. I'd rather it be you than Richard. So. Oh, I'll that's be... fair. Okay, I'll take oh. that. So Jared Hughes is your pick. Richard, who do you got? That's a very good question. He's good at one-mile tracks. He dominated at the Monster Mile. Adam Buzio. That's okay. Steven's I, upset. I am upset because that's who I was going to pick. Um, yeah, Adam did. Adam did 
phenomenal at Dover, and he, I mean, he really did. Granted, the track isn't the exact same, but Adam, I, I feel like he has found something more than he realizes he did, mm-hmm. and um, I think Adam could be the one to be up there challenging Ronnie and or Gavin for. The well, and and Dover's that concrete game. track, but it has the same kind of I can't say the same, but a uh, very similar bumpiness. I feel so. You know, you know, you may, you may be actually bro, bro. Dover is way smoother than Rockingham. Yeah. <laughs> it's way smoother than Rockingham. But something. He has less grip, but you know, it's way smoother. Adam is quick at this track, and and he's got as good of a shot as anyone. Um, mm-hmm. With that, I. I'm bouncing between Ronnie and Dustin, um, honestly. And I think I'm going to go with Ronnie, um, just because even if it's somewhere he hasn't practiced, he gains. Uh, Jared says, Carl, I literally got to buy almost every track we race. I have no idea what I'm doing. So just it's not that. looking good for Carl's pick this week. You know, I, you know, Jared says that, but here he is. He passes me almost every track he has to buy, so I still stick by my choice. Call All right, right Jared, Jared don't disappoint ninth. me. Um, but I guess I'll go with Ronnie just because of a track he doesn't even practice on. I have no idea of if he's raced here before or whatnot, but he can gain it so quickly. Um, the mm-hmm. the lines, the the changings of the grooves. Um, his skill level is up there with Gavin, uh, as we've said numerous times, um, and they always have great battles. And I think short tracks play in his favor um, mm-hmm. a lot. So I'd, I'll go with Ronnie Norman this week. Makes me wonder if Ronnie. Uh, I'd be curious if we got you know Ronnie on here and talk to him if he has some like late models uh, modified or something short track experience because like you said Bristol, um, you know he always seems to find his way up there. So I'd be curious about that. Richard, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Richard, think. I'm just thinking that we've had Ronnie on before. He's even surprised about that. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, He's even surprised. Ronnie was our third guest. Oh, you know okay. what? You may be right, actually. So, I... Ronnie, if you have anyone to wreck this week, I suggest it being Carl. Take um, me out. I, you know, I'll take an early out <laughs> Tuesday. You know, I'll take the wife out to dinner. Whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I deserve it at this point. That will conclude our look into next week's race at Rockingham. Um, Be sure to tune in um, to the the stream on Tuesday. (laughs) I was lost. I didn't know what happened. We'll have a stream link. uh, Carl, your wife said the wife likes dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Here I am. Pressure. Okay. Here we go. You heard it first. Ashley Uh Cooler is no longer going to be rooting for Carl next week. She's going to be rooting for Rodney, take Carl out. I need food. (laughs) Damn it. You know, she's going to be disappointed when I take her to Mickey D's. Hey, food is food. Dinner is dinner. That's true. She does like McNuggets. That is true. I mean, who doesn't, though? But. That's uh, fair. Be sure to catch us on our broadcast <laughs> next week. We will have a link um, on our Facebook. <laughs> well, hold up. On, on that note real fast. Um, just so everybody on the podcast knows uh, that listens to us or doesn't listen to us normally or whatnot. Uh, we were usually broadcast by the Virtual Racing Network. Uh, as of this past week, we will no longer be, be being broadcasted by them. 
Uh, so we will have the link for our next broadcast company, hopefully before next Tuesday. Um, so, uh, just, just so you know, we will not be broadcasted on our normal channel at virtual racing network. Just, just so you know, just in case you're looking for it there, you will not see us there. So yeah, just pay attention to our Facebook, look for our next broadcast link. We will have it. We will be broadcasted before our next race for the rest of the season. So it's. It's a, it's just one of those mutual things. No, no hard feelings either direction, and uh, we'll just uh, move on and get better from it. But uh, yeah, we'll have that updated, and we'll get, we'll get the news out on our Facebook um, mm-hmm. when more news becomes available towards that, and uh, we'll be ready for next week. And uh, you can also find out more information on www.brbracingleague.com. Wanted to, again, give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, um, Sundance Pizza, and we are going to uh, get into our Sundance Pizza sit-down with our guest this week, Patrick Hernandez. Patrick, I don't know if you've ever had Sundance Pizza, but you Uh, need to get out to Wickenburg and try this. Well, if you gave me the address, I might hop in one of these days. I I I love pizza. I'm just saying a couple races ago, they did say free pizza at any of the drivers when if they show up. We all have to hit up Arizona eventually. (laughs) Yes, and we will make that at some point. We will all make the trip up there, and I I think it's a little bit outside of Phoenix, uh, northwest of Phoenix and Wickenburg. Um, Don't know exactly the distance-wise, but uh, it is Gavin can't eat with us. He has to cook for us. He will cook for us, yes. <laughs> He's already said that. Um, you know, if Gavin gets to cook, Donna gets to sit down with us and relax a little yes! straight up. <laughs> we, get to, we get to know the real Gavin by talking yeah, to Donna. exactly. <laughs> but, so we do have Patrick Hernandez with us this week. If you can't tell already, I mean, we've been going for an hour and 20 minutes, and if you haven't realized Patrick Hernandez down there, uh, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, he is one of the most charismatic people that we have in our league, and we're so excited to have him uh, with us this week and so thankful that you set some time aside and gave us some of your yeah, time. Yeah, man. Man, I was dying for being here, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so fucking excited, you know? Hey, I, I got to tell you now, like, well, some of my favorite times in the races, whenever we get close to halfway and then we get the typical Patrick Hernandez, what you feel about this track, and it's always, I hate this Track. <laughs> like every race, like I hate this track. Oh man, it is true. It usually comes yeah, because the same at time some point week. I hate them. You know, I well, am, you I know, and it's funny because he says he hates this track, but he ends up, you know, top ten, top seven, top five. I hate this track, but yeah. I'm finishing good. You know, yeah, I'm gonna add that yeah, to my sound. Finishing good doesn't mean that I like the track. You know, <laughs> but. So we a- I asked these questions to each of our guests. Um, so you're probably familiar with some of these questions. But we'll start off easy. Uh, where are you from? What's your day job? Uh, and stuff like that. Well, guys, um, I'm 33 years old. My, my name is Patrick Hernandez, like you guys know. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth. <laughs> I, <laughs> I live in Fort Worth, Texas, but I was born in a small Caribbean island called Puerto Rico. Um, what else? Um, I'm a trailer mechanic. Uh, on the day, I'm a trailer mechanic. At nights, I'm a frustrated wannabe NASCAR driver on iRacing. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. That was great. Frustrated so, iRacer. I love it. 
Yeah, because I'm not gonna make it past here, so yeah, I'm a frustrated NASCAR driver. I really NASCAR driver, so. And yeah, and what I do for a living is turn wrenches as a trailer mechanic. Trailer mechanic. Do you, Do you enjoy your your career? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's not that I curse like a thousand times a day <laughs> uh, when those don't want to come out, when I can find parts that I need, or when so you drug do that drivers... on and off the track. Uh, you got to pull out that PB blaster, bud. <laughs> yeah, you know. Out, when he can't pull out the, 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 the bolts, he can't find the parts he needs, he can't find the line yeah. he needs to run. Or when, I lose, <laughs> or when I lose the 10 millimeter socket, you know. Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like a fucking retard <laughs> looking at the damn floor. Hey, where's that? What the hell is the, is the, is the I damn socket? away for a tenth of a second and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most probably. Or when my boss comes come, comes to me to add more more responsibilities and headaches than what I already have. So, yeah, man, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I enjoy my job. Sounds I great. enjoy it. You know, where, everybody where can grab a ten millimeters pocket thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we do we do have um, Rev in the chat now. So just quick shout out to Rev. But uh <laughs> other times a day. <laughs> Man, you can have a whole toolbox drawer full of ten millimeter sockets. Look away for one minute, turn around, and they're all gone. Oh, it's yeah. like oh, yeah. go, man. Like, you, know, you can spend a hundred dollars in ten millimeter sockets and, and you're gonna lose them all within a week. So it's you know, <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> you're being generous by saying a week. Yeah. <sighs> well, Pat, oh, man. You know, moving on to NASCAR, actual NASCAR IRL <laughs> racing. Um yeah. Do you have a favorite driver, and if so, who are they? Since we don't drive them, you know. Uh, I have a couple of... My favorite drivers, I have a couple of one. Uh, I grew up being a huge fan of Jeff Gordon and and Davey Allison. Man, for me, Gordon could be the one, the golden boy of the 90s, but, man, in my opinion, uh, after Dale Earnhardt Sr., of course, Davey Allison was the most badass NASCAR driver that I ever seen. He took some hard crashes like a champ, and he kept racing. You know, like, like I don't know how the hell he did it, but that resiliency of of getting his body beat up like big time and still have the determination to climb to the car, uh, climb into the car the week after, and keep racing, man. That I always admired that um, on him. Then. When Jeff Gordon retired, I spent like one season following the sport, but not being a fan of nobody, till I found a new home in the Martin Truex Jr. bandwagon. <laughs> Interesting. So now we have two Martin Truex fans here, and uh, I'm I'm sad to hear that you left the Hendrick camp. Uh, yeah, bro. Jeff Gordon was my only tie to Hendrick. You know, that was my idol, my hero. I grew up watching him dominate and and win. So when he, when he retired, I was like, I for the first time in my life, I felt I felt empty watching the sport. You know, because Jeff Gordon was the only driver I ever rooted. You know, I I I ever been a fan. So after that, said now what? I felt so empty that I couldn't follow anybody else for about one season, and then um, I joined the Martin Truex Jr. bandwagon, and I think I'm gonna go through the same heartbreak when he retires. So. <laughs> well, on a positive note, at least you rebound quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I like that you say Jeff Gordon because I feel like I was also in, like, growing up, I was a diehard Jeff Gordon fan. I went to NASCAR races just for Jeff Gordon. I didn't care who else was driving. Um, and when he left, it, it did feel empty uh nascar at least yeah. and i was just like oh man bro who, i could I not see the 24 the same way no. as a matter of fact to this day william byron can be making a lot of stuff on that number but i can't see it the same way as i used to to see before and again i'm not saying nothing bad about william byron you know he's a great no. driver great oh, talent yeah. great great talent you know but man you know in in my inner emotions, you know, that 24 is still Jeff Gordon's number. So I can't see it the same way ever again. Am I the only one here that doesn't care about Jeff Gordon? You, you know, uh, Rich, Richard, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, you're not the only one there. Um, you know, I, I the, my earliest NASCAR memory is, uh, unfortunately, Dylan Hart's crash. But after that, um, and this has nothing to do with, uh, that crash is just uh, I really f uh, enjoyed watching Michael Waltrip, Waltrip racing, uh, and then that's kind of how I enjoy, uh, kind of uh, associated myself with Martin Truex Jr. He raced that '56, I believe, for Martin Waltrip Racing, and had zero luck. So I was always rooting yeah. for him. So uh, you know, Rich, I can't say you're the only one there that the not on that Jeff Gordon train. Rev also doesn't I care had... about him. Uh, I, had, I, had no, I had no issue with him, but I wasn't like, oh, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Gordon. And I was just like, oh, it's Jeff Gordon. Okay. Well, if you, remember... you know, I, but, and I will say, though, after William Byron won the Daytona 500 this past week, Jeff Gordon, he did uh, come out, I guess, and say, or no, it was Steve Letarte. Steve Letarte came out and said, he's like, you know, like he knows everybody, uh, you know, everyone refers to 24 as Jeff Gordon. Yeah. And Jeff Gordon did phenomenal work in that number. But now William Byron is now being recognized for that number, and he's doing yeah. a great job. Oh, he's carrying that torch fantastically. Yeah. yeah, of course, man. Absolutely. And a fun fact, you know, I started watching NASCAR maybe 95, 96. Uh, I think it was 95 when Gordon won the Coke 600. I was in, in my father's house, and I fell in love with the car. But I had no idea of, of who mm -hmm. the hell was driving that car. <laughs> the know, I watched the race and no, the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, the Rainbow oh, Warriors. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. I watched the you know uh, the car and I fell in love with the car. But again, you 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 could tell me the name of the driver. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was Rainbow the car. Man, that car looks so freaking awesome. And I fell in love with the car. Then I kept watching more NASCAR. And then the news and oh that car is of Jeff Gordon the 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 twenty four and I start rooting for him, and I never look back ever since. Well, funny story. Rev comes in in the Facebook chat says he got the five hundred win maybe that year. He does not specify, but yeah, that's possibly uh, maybe what you're confusing the five hundred versus the six hundred there at uh, ninety five. So uh, Rev is definitely our historian of the league and definitely has yeah. all that uh, information oh, yeah. in that brain. So that 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 may be the. The, the National the Archive there. of NASCAR. Exactly, exactly. So I definitely appreciate Rev inputting there on the Facebook chat. And so I'll move on, Patrick, um, back to an iRacing topic. Um, so you said you've been racing iRacing for 10 years now. 
Um, how did you get into iRacing and uh, if it was the 10 years? As a matter of fact, not on, not on iRacing. I've been racing okay. on iRacing since 2016, but on sim racing as a whole, uh, I started in 2010. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the old same Air Factor 1. Mm-hmm. That old piece of museum, you know, that <laughs> that no longer works. The precursor of Air Factor 2. So, mm. And I started there, but not as an as a NASCAR scene driver. My entire life, I developed myself as a Formula 1 driver. You know, I raced a bunch of Formula 1 leagues. I did a lot of road racing league, you know. Um, I have raced BA supercars. I have raced IndyCar, Formula 1. Back, back, back in Puerto Rico, I, I was running um, on some leagues of Argentina, and I raced all the major series up there. So growing up, you know, developing myself, I was a road racer. Till 2013, when I got tired of, of road racing, and I decided to to go into into NASCAR, but not on iRacing. racing. I have a couple buddies that uh, that had a NASCAR race in 2003 league, and I start over there. And if you guys don't know, to this day there's still a bunch of NASCAR racing 2003 leagues over there, yes. which I still race because I I I love that game so fr- so. Fr- freaking much that I can't get away with it. So I started NASCAR racing in 2013. Um, since that, I forgot about road racing. I forgot about Air Factor and all that. So uh, I won titles on NASCAR, NASCAR racing 2003 leagues and all that. Now on, on 2016, because I wanted to, to, to keep going up, I started doing iRacing. But um, I start doing iRacing leagues on 2020 during the pandemic. I have a lot of free time, and I was looking for some iRacing leagues, so I start doing some leagues there. So doing league racing about three years, but I've been doing NASCAR in the fixed lobbies since 2016, and I've been doing this for how much? 13, 14 years. <laughs> yeah, a long time. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of experience. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have more sim racing experience than uh, the three of us combined. Um, yeah, I but still, that... that doesn't make me the fastest guy on track. No, but... <laughs> Faster than us, apparently. <laughs> uh, well, not, not because, man, I suck at Kern. I suck at Dover. Uh, what's next? I suck at Eldora. I mean... Uh, what's next? Man, of of eight races, I only have three good ones, and the other one have been disastrous. <laughs> Sometimes it's all about luck, and you know, yeah. if you if you can pick your battles, I mean, you're you're right there on the cusp, and you've been honestly, you may not like the track, but I know you've passed me, and I've you know top you know eight maybe if I'm lucky these past couple of weeks. Uh, sometimes if the, the 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 luck the dice fall your way that's all that matters oh, yeah. yeah man that's true that's true uh there's been races that i've been racing on the back most of the race then i caught a couple lucky yellows and people right in front of me and i make a strategy calls that put me in a, in a better position i there have been times that i've been able to win races 
there are other times that I managed to finish in top five, top ten, you know. Uh, I think it's it's fifty fifty, you know, it's fifty percent luck and fifty percent skill, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and to win a race, you know, with the level of all the guys here in this league, which is a very high level, mm-hmm. you need to do perfect. You know, that's something that I that I realized. If if you want to beat Gavin, if if you want to beat Adam and and, and Ronnie, you have to be near perfect. And even though being near perfect, that doesn't guarantee you guarantee you a thing. You know, so <clears throat> definitely so. And yeah, it just gives you that chance. Um, yeah, hopefully. you know, I, I hate to quote Fort Minor on this, but you know, five percent. I know, I know this one. Fifteen percent concentrated power of will. Yeah, but it's true. Pleasure, fifty percent pain, and a hundred percent reason to remember, remember the name. The name. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What a throwback! Oh yeah, man. Oh man. But uh, so I am curious, though, Patrick, of your number ninety-one. Does that have a significance to you, or is it maybe just your favorite number for no reason? Why do you drive? Yeah, that uh, ninety-one is my birth year. I okay. was born on the February 18, nineteen ninety-one. Very nice. That's so, why everywhere I go, if I had the chance, I race. I I race in ninety-one. You're, you're lucky I retired that number uh, for you to have that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that if not the number. 18 or the 2 will be perfect but now the 2 is busy and oh, I'm sorry I'm sorry I take your I other number busy too, so. <laughs> you know you know you know those are my my preferred numbers but it's not something that that I'm thirsty about no I, I no no you know no if I can have it then awesome perfect if not it is it, it, it's just a number you know I don't give that that much importance you know I got you there well, this is my favorite question. And, oh, here we uh, go. <laughs> this is the the famous question or the infamous question. Oh boy! Um, so you're on this a long the road greatest trip. Question. You stop at the this. gas station. What drink and what <laughs> snack are you grabbing? What drink, what snack? Man, yeah. hands down, a Snicker and a Coke. A regular oh man, Coke that, was easy. that was quick and easy. He was wow. That <laughs> got the the quickest one right there all all season long for the podcast. The quickest answer. He's sitting here going, "Well, I've listened to the other seven. I know you're going to ask it." Jeez. <laughs> so a Snickers, a regular Snickers, regular Snickers. Have you had? I've seen recently. I've been to Walmart and they have a great value brand Snickers. Have you tried that yet? No, that? and I and I have. I'm really sure it's a it's a piece of trash. <laughs> well, Richard, it's the, uh, it's the really Walmart sure. branded Snickers. It's half the price, and you get two of them. Um, there's no uh, chance. Right. There's there's no freaking chance. I'm stick. I'm staying loyal to the original <laughs> Snickers. <laughs> Sounds like you need a uh, Snickers Probably paint Snickers. scheme. <laughs> you, can, you can get a Snickers paint scheme. I don't remember, or if you all remember, uh, Ricky Rudd's Snickers paint. Yeah, scheme I remember from uh, the mid. To late two thousands. There we go. Yeah. There's your throwback for Darlington. There we go. If you yeah. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, go. I have a, a paint scheme for Darlington, a throwback. I'm oh, okay. thinking about doing something about about Davy Allison. But yeah. for for Talladega, I'm having a really special paint scheme that everyone will laugh about. Well you oh, can't put I'm not gonna say nothing yet, shield. but I'm really yeah. sure that that <laughs> you guys are gonna laugh about it. If it's Ricky it's, Bobby, I don't know what I, what I'm gonna say. 
This sticker may be dangerous last. and inconvenient, but I sure do love Twinkies. Hey, I will say, man, last time we man, raced in Talladega, had all I'm going to say scheme. is, I, all, I'm, all I'm about to say is, I just want to go fast. Ah. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, we'll be sure to tune in uh, oh, and see man. that car. Hopefully, it's not in the fence or uh, on fire. And uh... Bro, bro, I love plate racing. Man, man, I love plate racing, but my luck there is horrible so there's oh, a high chance i am right there with you there's <laughs> a high chance i'm gonna end up or flip in defense like carl edwards or i'm really sure man i don't want to jinx I'm anything really sure. there at talladega though um we've run it in every past league and daytona has always been a pretty much of a wreck fest talladega has come down to fuel mileage almost every time mm -hmm. if not mm -hmm. every time um mm -hmm. and don't expect too many cautions from what I've seen in the past with us. Talladega um, <laughs> is going to be wild. Either yeah. way you put it, it's going to be wild. It's going to be a yeah. fun time. But uh, so, I mean, that concludes uh, our Sundance Pizza sit down segment. Patrick, thank you Sundance for. Sundance Pizza showdown. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Patrick, thank you for, for, for giving us some <laughs> background <laughs> into who you are. I can't shake what Carl just said. I can't. <laughs> The jingling has spread. <laughs> but no, thank you uh, for giving us some background and letting uh, the people that watch us and the people in the league know a little bit more about who you are, where you come from, why you do this, and uh, letting us know who you are as a person as opposed to just the person on the track yeah, that man. yells, I hate this track. <laughs> yeah. But mostly, man, mostly I do sing racing because I love it. You know? Um... I love it, you know, and I hope I keep doing this till my hands and feet can no longer move till I'm 90, 90 years old, you know. But hey, I I believe that by by then technology will be so advanced that I'm gonna put some cheese on my head and I'm gonna keep playing and control the car with my with with my mind. I, I hope so. <laughs> but other thing that I want to point out is I don't do this for money. I know that there's some money payouts and all that, but. I do more things for fun and because I really love it rather than money, you know. And most of the time, I donate the money back to the league because, you know, um, I don't do this to to be like 50 bucks rich or something. I do this because uh, I like to meet new people. I like to have fun with new people, you know, having fun on track. And, and money is like the least thing that I think about at, at, at the end of the season. Well, you saying that, congratulations, uh, Patrick Hernandez, our 2024 champion, and uh, the league gets the donation back. <laughs> we'll keep going. You know, season Pat one right now, call the champion. We don't care. We're done. You know, Pat, I, I've been around some racers uh, for quite some time, and, you know, you, you can see it on NASCAR. Or, you know, you go anywhere. Uh, you talk to a racer, you talk to a team, they don't do it for money because nine times out of ten, if you think about it, they're going to get wrecked. So there's going to be a bill there. Uh, Kyle Busch actually has a very famous picture of him watching the 500, I think, with his truck team a couple of years ago. And it says, with the t-shirt, uh, it says, the most expensive day ever. Uh, we don't do it for the money. We do it for the glory, and we absolutely do it for the fun and the fame. And it's it, it's no more fun than what we got here. So uh, that's that's awesome to hear. Yeah, man. And that makes me also think of uh, that Tony Stewart quote 
uh, from Talladega when he was owning uh, Stuart Haas Racing for the like it was early on in that, and he basically said that we didn't reach the quota of wrecking enough cars. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> they need to extend that. the race so we can wreck yeah, at least half the field. I remember that. And, uh, oh, like that's half, like half, like half. <laughs> Man, that's I remember and, and I love about Fantastic. it. Hey, hey, we need to have like. Half of the field going one way, and, yeah. half, and the other half the, field the last going ten the laps other way. flip it, and everyone's running into each other. Uh, for the fans, of course. Like, oh, if I don't spend half a million dollars on red cards, then <laughs> what are we doing? What's the point of coming here? Yeah, the product, was, right? It's all it about legendary. the product. But uh, Rev said, "Love you, Pat. We love having you, and I think we can all agree to that sentiment. We Thank love you, having you Thank here you, um, with us, racing each week. You are." Uh, a great personality and, and someone that's fun to race with on the track. And we really appreciate mm-hmm. you um, setting that time aside each week and joining us. And it, it's been awesome. And I hope for, for many more seasons with you and, and a lot more. Oh, fun yeah, battles. man. Uh, you know, uh, from my time here, to be honest, you know, I felt welcome from the, f- from the first time, you know, the first practice, you know, at Charlotte, you know, uh, being somebody n- n- new to the league, having that many people, you know, like they're like, coaching me and telling me hey try this try that you know that was fundamental for me to to have a good race at charlotte you know i had a better race than i ever thought about it you know i don't even to be honest i didn't even thought that i was gonna make it past halfway you know because i didn't have a lot of hope for myself with the car because that's a car that i barely raced you know except super speedways when um when the fixed lobbies go there but other than that i never raced that car on a short track I never raced that car on a on a mile and a half, one mile. So having that many people there coaching me and telling me, and man, I appreciate like like a freaking ton. Then having Rev and at uh, at Coda, thank mm-hmm. you, Rev, coaching me, telling me what I was doing wrong. What I that helped me a lot. You know, I made a top five, which I didn't have a lot of hope of making. So <laughs> so I have to. To, to thank Rev like a million times about that coaching, so <clears throat> I really felt comfortable since since day one in this league and 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 I like that you know like, you know coming to race with a with a bunch of great people you know uh, for me it's more important than than being competitive myself you know you know because you know like I know that. I can be comfortable, you know, I can hang around with the guys, I can joke around and all that. So uh for you ha- for for you guys giving me that warm welcome till the this day, you know, it's uh, I I appreciate a lot and and it's been fundamental to my development in, in this car, you know. Like again, uh I'm not the fastest guy, probably not, but I try to be the cleanest guy in track that I'm going to make mistakes, yeah, a bunch of times, but um if you guys you guys can be pissed at me if I case a caution, if I wreck you by accident, but believe me, you cannot be more pissed than I am at myself. <laughs> you you, you, you guys know, Patrick, can be mad at me, but no more than me at myself, you know? That, that That's funny you bring up the Charlotte race, because I remember loading up, getting ready, practicing, everything else, and I'm like, who the hell is this Patrick Hernandez guy? And, <laughs> and, and, and the first thing you say is like, hey, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Can anyone help me out here? I'm yeah, because, really because of, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, because 
it was through I have no idea of what the hell I was doing, you know. I was going with the flow and go with the coaching and and you know I was honest from from the first minute I went to the oh. track. Guys, my bad I have no clue of what the hell I'm doing, but I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> Straight up, dude, and it's it's ever since that Charlotte race, it's been a blast to have you on track. Uh, I love you know hearing your opinions and everything else, and you're you're very uh, emotional, very emotive, uh, very vocal about everything, and it just uh, kind of puts together the whole the league. And you're kind yeah. of like. Uh, 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 Almost the voice of the league. I don't. I don't know if unofficial <laughs> wow, voice man, of the league. For me. <laughs> current in Eldora, I can guarantee seventy-five percent of the other guys are like, "God, I hate this track. I don't want to do this. I want to quit." And you're out there like, "I hate this track. I hate this track." Bro. Uh, so yeah. uh, you are definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 a polarizing character. You should there. hear him in the in the general chat. <laughs> man, man, at current, man, at current at at Eldora. I was so frustrated that I was a little bit cranky. I was a little bit pissed at everyone. Like, man, I I know that at Kern uh, and and Eldora, I was being an asshole in the in the general chat. You know, you know, I was I was uh, swearing. I made this beep piece of trash, and I, I came with this beep piece of car. Like, I'm so beef freaking frustrated at these cars, man. You, man, if you could do a, a radioactive out, out of general chat. It will be like full of beep. <laughs> you, you know, Patrick. I feel like if 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 we could buy the gen, the general chat with some of the team chats, you and I would be very uh the cornerstones of radioactive. <laughs> yeah, and again, I was not mad at anybody, you know. But again, you know, you know, I hate running bad. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm last. You know, but if I'm having such a hard time to figure a track and. And keep the car in one piece, you know, man, I hate that. And and I get frustrated and by accident, you know, I bend my frustration with ev- with everyone around. But it's not that I'm mad at anybody, you know. Uh, but yeah. Keep an eye on the radioactive. Um that is <laughs> when when things slow down, um, for me personally, that is something of an off season project of when we have enough voice clips and uh everything like that for uh for everyone to get a little giggle at. And uh, it'll be it'll be a nice reflection. Right. That'd be uh, fun. I'm I'm season. looking forward to that one, Stephen. Yeah, so. I put too much emotion into this and too much passion into this. You know that that sometimes I'm sitting and okay, man, calm down. It's, <laughs> it's just a game. You're frust- You're more frustrated than Kyle Bush finishing second a bunch of times when he bends his frustration with this is is second (laughs) yeah Yeah, you know you know and i try to stay calm as best as i can but i'm i'm too emotional i'm too passionate about this and and sometimes i take it too damn serious and Mm -hmm. and then i'm like like, i'm right there with you patrick i I feel like the same thing like it's 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 like my Tuesdays and my Mondays, I love my Tuesdays and Mondays. I put so much effort into it. If it doesn't turn out the way I wanted to, then it's not a good day. So yeah. Bro, I'm right there with you. You should hear last night um, on on the general chat. I'm so pissed at 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 the 13. I I even I even forgot his name. I'm talking on <laughs> on the Discord and I'm talking on the. On the Iris and Boys chat, and I have everyone, everyone on the general. Okay, Patrick, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> shut it up, shut it up, stop. 
I was so mad. Too far, sir. Too far. <laughs> I was so mad then, man. I was about to get chomped by everybody. Hey, cut it, cut it. Okay, okay, we got it, we got it. You're pissed. <laughs> it was hilarious, you know. It was freaking hilarious. Oh, man. With that, I think we should move on to some uh, IRL NASCAR news and uh, recap, I guess. Um, we're approaching that two-hour mark. And uh, I know it was a goal a couple weeks ago to try to, to try to not let that happen, but unfortunately, yeah. sometimes it happened. Be- I, I wish you can see the storage space on my computer right now from these podcasts. Um, we we got some characters, drive. you know. What, yes. what, what oh, yeah. can we say? But, so on to NASCAR news. Um, this past weekend, we had the Daytona 500. The season officially kicked off. Thankfully, it was a day later than um, was originally planned, but they got the race in. Uh, with no rain on Monday, uh, we had William Byron winning uh, his first Daytona 500. I found it really interesting. Um, I f- Carl, I think you said this last week regarding uh, Kyle Busch, 20 years of of trying, 20 years he's been trying. Martin Truex. Martin Truex. So, well, yeah. I guess it's going to be 21 years of trying. <laughs> that... 21 years of frustration. And an interesting takeaway, I think, from this race is it was 20 years ago that the 24 was in victory lane, not to the exact year, but it was 19, 20 years, whatever, rounding up since Jeff Gordon last won his last mm-hmm. Daytona 500. So a little full circle moment there. And uh, yeah, what did, what did y'all take away from the, the NASCAR race this weekend? Did you like it? Did you uh, not like it? Uh, do we need to talk about the caution at the this end? Is, this is two races in a row that a race at Daytona has ended a uh, lap early. Ooh, and you know, I you know what that that's a good storyline in itself. But I want to really press and really poke the bear on NASCAR is, and I I don't know I don't know the word I can't say investigating I don't know if they're putting out a warning but we all notice uh, I should say I can't say all. Deep diving into it, the fuel save. Yes, Richard knows exactly what. Yeah, the fuel save, and and I think through uh, the chats in our Discord on the league, where uh, there were drivers in pack racing. They okay. were driving like four seconds slower than qualifying. Right. Exactly, qualifying were racing anywhere between forty-eight to forty-seven seconds of qualifying, and in the pack, the leaders were running fifty-one second laps. Yeah. And NASCAR has kind of right now hasn't decided what they want to do, but they're slapping the wrist on why were we running that slow? We get that fuel mileage is an issue, but they also want to give the fans something to watch, something to really root on. And I think this is a huge point on NASCAR's view of viewership versus team leadership and wanting to finish the race on strategy. And I think this is a huge point is... Strategy is a huge point of NASCAR in terms of fuel mileage, uh, maybe not tires necessarily in terms of Daytona, but fuel mileage especially, how do you balance the two of entertainment for the fans and strategy for the teams? I think that's going to be a huge issue moving forward. I think uh, the biggest thing, like at a super speedway like Daytona, like 
the problem is is it's two drivers that are controlling what everybody else is mm -hmm. now doing. That's exactly why that's an issue. Because yeah. I get NASCAR trying to they, they're caring for the fans and what we're watching because we're the ones that are paying to watch yeah. this. We're the ones that are spending our money to go to these races, to watch it on TV. You know, and like Rev saying, he's like NASCAR trying to sit there and control things like WWE. It's like I don't think it's necessarily that bad as what you're thinking, Rev. Because like we as any kind of racing fan that knows anything, even a little bit about super speedway racing, there is no reason 30 cars in a line could be driving slower than one car by itself. And that's what was happening. AJ Allmendinger was driving five mile an hour faster than the pack. And mm -hmm. that is not acceptable as a fan. To me, that's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. I get the fuel strategy. I get what they're trying to do. But the fuel strategy at like Auto Club, at like Michigan, at like it, uh, not Atlanta anymore, Charlotte, Texas, <laughs> is different because the drivers behind you can dictate that also. Yeah. The other drivers that is, you can't dictate anything in a super speedway really without putting everybody in like a massive danger spot by going three wide. So it it, it was a real. It's two drivers trying to dictate what everybody else needs to do, and I don't think that is what. I mean, personally, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see them going as fast as they possibly can at a super speedway. Yeah, but I believe there's nothing NASCAR can do about it. And I mean, it's the same with the Indy 500. You know, if you see the Indy 500, that's another fuel strategy game. You know, you see everyone on a single file saving fuel to have a better chance at the end. So in a super speedway like that, there's nothing you can do except... It, then, you know, I think that you can tell the driver, hey, if you're uh, if you're on the lead pack, you are forced to go full throttle. Because other than that, what else NASCAR can do? They can drive the cars, you know. So, in so, the end, you know, drivers will put their own interest. And this is my opinion, you know, like, I'm really sure that an NASCAR team said, man, I don't give a damn about the crowd. I'm going to plan my race and think my strategy according my best interest, you know? And if my best interest is is going 70% throttle, like the entire race, so I can have a short pit stop or, or, or you know, make it to the end on fuel, you know, then so be it. Because I want to win the, the, the Daytona 500, you know? You know, we can think a bunch of things, but... In the end, I don't think there's a lot that can be done except telling the lead driver, hey, go full throttle uh, or I'm going to black flag you. And I think something can be done about it. Um, I will say, like, I didn't mind it because um, I understand that there is a strategy element to it. And I really enjoy the strategy element of NASCAR, um, not just NASCAR, other other forms of racing as well, because that's more than half the battle as well. Uh, putting yeah. yourself in that position um Something I've seen people talking about over uh, X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, a lot is uh, removing stage stage cautions from super speedways um, because they're they're really focusing on trying to get through that stage on fuel. Um, oh yeah, and then going from there, I, you do that, then you're just going to have basically the same thing, and they're not going to be saving fuel. They're just going to be not moving because they don't want to risk anything because there's hey. no incentive. I believe oh. if 
if that happens, I believe then we're gonna see the single file freight train yes. on the top and, and before well, that's what I'm saying, you know, there's there's nothing you can do about it because you know they could change so, the stage. Because thing. So so Yeah, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't matter because if you try to make the the stage short then they're still gonna save fuel to to have a shorter pit stop on at the station. If you try to to uh to make the stage bigger, there's they're still gonna save fuel, so they have to make more more laps on the green. So there's not a lot that can be done. So, so uh, Rev is uh, I gotta comment, Rev. Rev, thank you for engaging so much in our Facebook chat. In uh, his most recent post, uh, he thought it made it more interesting, especially from the mechanics crew point of view. And I'm gonna I, I want to build on that. Um, let's look at um, stage ends uh, maybe towards the end of the race they're going three wide they're going pell-mell you know uh, balls to the wall whatever you want to call it they're going if you're that early in the race okay there is that third lane and no one's taking it it I honestly think it would have been a little bit different if there was three lanes of racing for 30 40 laps okay that is amazing. Okay, we we know as i racers how hard it is to get three lanes going for, you know, even ten laps sometimes on Daytona, and so these professional drivers are choosing to save. Which I get on the stra the strategy point. I get it, but on some of the smaller teams, uh, front wheel motorsports, uh, maybe track house racing, they're not necessarily small. But they're not big as RCR, HCR, uh, you know, Penske, you name it. They have that opportunity to get points in stages, to get points uh, to make some waves in the broadcasting, get some sponsorship yeah. waves. Yeah. Why are they not taking that three, that third lane? I, I think that's the major issue. Like, if they were saving fuel three wide, okay, I can understand that. That's... I would love to see three wide racing for 40 laps. That would be fantastic. I, as a fan, that would be amazing. The fact that no one was pushing the issue, everyone was following the leaders, I think that's the major issue that there is here at the largest stage of NASCAR. No one was taking a risk, and I think that's where NASCAR's kind of putting up their hands like, I get it. We understand strategy is a whole thing. That's the whole point of NASCAR strategy, endurance, everything else. Why was knowing taking the chance? And I think that may be the rub in the whole aspect of things is there's a ton of opportunities and no one was taking them. We could have seen those leaders fall back, you know, 5, 10, 15 spots if people were going three wide and shuffling mm -hmm. around and everything else. That wasn't happening. There wasn't the shuffling that we're used to seeing. And that may be the issue NASCAR is having, especially with a Daytona 500 on a Monday. It was postponed. Everyone's already amped up. I mean, uh, Adam, I'm sorry. I'm going to use an example. Uh, Richard, you two were there. Uh, you may have showed up late. Um, but everyone was ready for a race on Monday. Everyone's ready. Okay, let me back up. Everyone's ready for the 500 on Sunday. That's the ultimate race for NASCAR. Besides, you know, 
the Southern 500, the the 600 at Charlotte. Everyone's ready, ready and waiting for the 500, and everyone's four seconds off the pace, and no one's taking advantage of the leaders. I think there, that's where the issue is. Is it's become a little too much on strategy in terms of the stages versus wanting to get those points, wanting to get the lead laps and stuff like that. And I think that may be where it is. Is I would have been okay if they were four seconds off the pace, three wide, but two wide, taking it easy. Maybe from the perspective of that, there there is an issue. You bring up small teams, and Rev also just mentioned regarding wrecked cars and i think a lot of that reason is what rev said of it's those small teams can't afford to wreck these cars the financial standpoint yeah, yeah i mean these cars are a quarter of a million dollars um mm-hmm. let alone the the amount of hours that go into piecing yep. them together and and rebuilding them um I, know, I don't think the- they have enough incentive from nascar to do something early in the race, their goal is to make it to the end. And if they're there at the end, they have a chance for a big payday in the Daytona 500, but they have to be there to get it. They don't want to leave finishing 30th with a wrecked car. And now whatever you just won basically pays your bill for the car kind of thing. Yeah. Just imagine a micro team like Beard Motorsport, the 62, that only has one full-time employee. You know, they can't afford to wreck the car, you know? Mm -hmm. If they wreck the car, they're not going to, like... Whatever they finish, they're not gonna get something in return of, of what it costs to replace the car, you know. And I heard something interesting this week regarding William Byron. So obviously he won the Daytona 500. Um, with winning the Daytona 500, your car becomes part of Daytona USA for the year, and yeah. the team no longer has that car. In addition yeah. to Byron um, having damage on another car, that is essentially totaled. Mm-hmm. He is down to two cars now. Uh, at Hendrick Motorsports. So, for the season. For, yeah. Right now, he has two cars. Um, and that's Hendrick Motorsports, the pinnacle of NASCAR. Um, so I don't know if that's a it's a restriction on NASCAR to limit the amount of cars that the team has um, to try to save them money. But then that also is going to translate into people trying to save um, their vehicles. Even the most financially successful team, debatably, I guess, uh, Hendrick Motorsports, even though Jeff Gordon recently said that Hendrick Motorsports hasn't made money in 10 years. Um, that's a whole nother wow. problem. Well, Hendrick yeah. has has the auto sales part. Their auto sales make the money. Hendrick uses that money to fund the race team. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. it goes back to what we were saying of we don't race to make money. <laughs> we would not be racing. Or, or maybe... They use Hendrick cars to cover some of the losses yes. of of the main team. Mm-hmm. So if Hendrick Motorsports, the you know the New York Yankees of NASCAR, imagine a small team like JTG Doherty Racing front row that are more smaller, uh, a team like Lee Fast Motorsports, you know that is even way smaller, you know. Uh, it's gonna cause a strain on on those small teams, and and that's why they don't want to take the risk because, you know, like Red said in the comments, the risk is is gonna be more costly than than the reward, you know. Richard, you're kind of sitting there. Uh, you're hol- you're holding your breath there. 
you, you actually were there with Adam on the stage, and Adam did say something along the lines of they're more concerned with the public and uh, the public perspective in terms of the broadcast rather than the actual product. You were there on the track. What is your opinions uh, being there on Monday, seeing the fans, seeing the race team, seeing the cars there? What is your opinions? What was your uh, full experience at Daytona last week? Well, I mean, it was Daytona. It's a, it's a blast to be at Daytona during any race that they have. Yeah. I was at the Rolex also in January. I mean, um, but I will say for the fuel saving aspect of what I'm assuming you're trying to point out is – I I wasn't watching the broadcast. I was watching, you know, I was taking it in, watching the cars go around the track in real life. I was literally one one row away from the track. That's how yeah. low in the stands I was. And um, I I even told my buddy who I was there with originally before I even met up with Adam that when when uh, AJ Allmendinger was either maintaining or slightly gaining on the pack because I was paying attention to that. Like, without watching the broadcast, it was noticeable. It was mm -hmm. very noticeable. I was sitting there looking, going, this is really weird. Like, what is happening here? And then I happened to pull up Discord, and I saw y'all were talking about it in the Discord in general chat. I'm like, these guys are saving fuel. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, it is Daytona. Why are you saving fuel? Which, and come to find out, they didn't even save enough fuel to last to the end of the, the stage. Mm -hmm. They all had to pit anyway. Yeah. So, again, it's like, thanks for taking away the excitement for something that didn't work. Like, But they were that, saving to make the pit stops shorter they, no, they to could get have done that track still. position. They still but, again, it was pointless they because they, they had to pit anyway. Earlier. Like, it, either way, it, mm -hmm. they could they were they weren't trying to save for that part, Patrick. They were trying to save for trying to make it to the end of the, the the stage and not have to fuel and it didn't work they yeah. all had to come in anyways yeah the uh, the time of pitting and how much you're going to pit for that can be manipulated yeah. in other ways you know of how long you're going to be on pit road what they did was just it it was just weird i i personally did not enjoy seeing that i was just like this mm -hmm. is like, every time the group came by and then I saw AJ Allmendinger a little bit closer, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This should never be happening. This should yeah. never happen. Like, AJ Allmendinger, he wasn't even a damaged car either. He was just, I guess, penalty, I guess, is what it was. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but, like, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, there's no reason AJ should be keeping up or even gaining on them. Like, that should never be happening here at Daytona. So, it just, it was... It was just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, granted, it was only like five mile an hour difference, but like still, when you're running, you know, four or five seconds slower than what a pack should be running, it's just kind of like. Well, not just, just the pack, yeah, but still qualifying. qualifying. It's news fast. It, it was. Oh, they weren't four or five seconds slower than qualifying. They were like two or three, maybe. Oh, no. Qualifying was 48, 47 seconds, and they were running four, 51 second laps in a pack. That's that. That was the difference. At least that's what they showed. Are you in the sure? Broadcast. I'm pretty sure qualifications were 49, 48. That's what I was it, it, 49. Yeah, they're 49 it was seconds. Close. But 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 in the still, pack, they were like 30 percent throttle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Either way, they were still running 51 seconds, and qualifying was 49 seconds. That's still like ridiculous. You should not be running that slower in a pack at Daytona compared to single car qualifying. As a matter of that fact, you should be running a second and a half faster. 
If not oh, more. it's not two, three <laughs> seconds. seconds. I I feel yeah. if they were not running, if they were running around what they were running in qualification, I don't think anybody would have complained as much. No, oh, at, at least that's the bare minimum. Like it, it, it should be that's your qualifying, especially at a super speedway. That's your single car qualifying. There's no drafting help. There's no push from behind. There's no drafting help from the front. That's your bare minimum. If you're running behind that in the pack. That 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 needs to be addressed, especially like, like you said, Richard. It was weird to see, and it was not fun to see from a fan standpoint. And I think that's where they need to be focused on is that fan experience. It's Daytona. Uh, like I know, okay. Uh, again, Adam, dear God, if you want to punch me in the face, I will gladly <laughs> meet you. You can punch me in the face. But Adam was extremely disappointed in some of that experience, and I can I can't blame him. I've been to one NASCAR race, and that was Vegas Fall 2022, and that was an experience of my lifetime. I can't imagine going to the Daytona 500 and seeing that happen on track, being that disappointed in the drivers and the teams. I would be just as disappointed, if not more, angry. So that that is definitely something that needs to be addressed going forward. Now I will I will say I will play devil advocate a little bit here, okay? Because yeah, I did not enjoy seeing it, and I agree with what Rev is saying as well. Obviously, they're they're not racing for money from NASCAR. They're really not. NASCAR isn't paying these guys anything. NASCAR not yet. All NASCAR cares about yet. Oh, <laughs> yet, yeah. NASCAR, <laughs> they're trying to sit there and be like. Eh, well, I mean, we need our fans to enjoy it more. You guys need to do better. But, like, the drivers are going to be sitting there going, like, well, you need to give us more of an incentive to do better mm -hmm. because these cars do yeah. not cost less than what you said that they would. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. They want to sit there and say that the horsepower was reduced to help reduce the cost of the cars, but... That's pointless. That's <laughs> uh, pointless. These cars, I'm pretty sure these cars are way more expensive than what they were in the, were in the 2000s and 90s. Like, come oh, on. Yeah. Not only that, like, okay, let, then, let's not even go into horsepower. The aerodynamics themselves, the, the amount of engineering that goes into making these things as streamlined as they can. That right there, let's not even touch the engine, transmission, rear diff, all the suspension. Yeah, and well, I mean, these drivers, Legos the way now. they're getting paid, yeah, these drivers, the way they're getting paid is their sponsors. So they have to do good for their sponsors. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're caring about. Yeah. I mean, the team is telling them to do good because, like, that's one of your only three cars. Um, but, like, you know, it, just like Daytona's taking William Byron's car, now William Byron only has two cars, there needs to be some kind of compensation for that because that's yeah. that's that's a track taking the car, putting it in a Hall of Fame museum so they can make money off of it. Well, Rev I, I did will... say that they can replace that car um, for their car allotment or whatever for the remainder. Uh, of the yeah, okay, I mean, okay. Uh, yeah, definitely that. And um, I, I did take a tour of um, Furniture Row Motorsports back right after Martin Truex won his championship, and there were no shortage of chassis or bodies. So there's, I, I think there's a certain allotment of each individual track. Super Speedway, Intermediate, Short Track, Road Course. I think I, I didn't get to ask the questions but I think there's got to be a certain allotment. But well, don't get me wrong. Car. Yeah, but by that time, the rules were not like money saving like they are now. That's why every team had a bunch of chassis, a bunch mm -hmm. of, of 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 bodies re ready to go. You know. 
Well, they now would fabricate the, the card differently based <clears throat> off the track. Now that the teams don't have that freedom, they I mean, yes, they have a short track package now with the whatever reduced downforce and whatnot, but that yeah, is literally but the only difference. Like these cars the are the same. The chassis is the same. Yes. Like everything's the same, just a, a different diffuser, engine, but the Spoiler. shell and the body is all the same. Everything's the exact same. It's not as much variety mm -hmm. as it used to be where teams yeah. would crank okay. out okay. 20 chassis a season. Um, that makes sense. No then. problem. And uh, they'd have their super speedway car. They'd have their short track car. They'd have their Texas motor speedway car. Um, <laughs> well, that, that, that accentuates it then because now they're so far into the money saving in terms of, uh, okay, l let's – Let's really go into this. How much does a gallon of gas cost of <laughs> Sunoco fuel? And if they can uh, save two bonds, three probably. gallons over 36 races, how much does that really save a team? So it, that's that financial <laughs> loss versus gains. It, oh. I, I don't think the team's worrying about that. I think a lot of what NASCAR <laughs> had changed from the teams no longer crafting their, their chassis and their bodies the way that they used to, um, of making it glorified Legos allows the teams to have less employees. They don't need these high paid engineers or as many of these high paid engineers anymore to, to find that extra speed or, uh, fabricate a piece of sheet metal, a certain way to find that extra speed. Uh, they have their parts in front of them. Everyone can put it together the exact same way. Yes. A crew chief can find a little fine line here and there. Um, but, I think it, they were just trying to streamline that process uh, more so than anything. Uh, what does Rev say here? Oh, that's a big... Uh, to build yeah. a car in the mid-90s costs much more than it does today, which makes sense. I mean... Uh, think about, I mean, let's just be car carbon conscious. Everyone wants to go, uh, let's take F1 as an example. They want to be carbon neutral by 2030. Hmm. So they, they want to start burning less fuel. They want to, you know, be able to recycle more parts and, you know, stuff like that. And I think NASCAR is kind of on that same path is they want to reduce the cost of racing because everything, as we know, has gotten more expensive. Racing is an entertainment product, but it needs to come down. The cost needs to come down. Uh, Steven, you've gone to races. Richard, you've gone to races. Uh, when I went to the race in uh, Vegas in 2022, it cost about 125 150 bucks for a ticket apiece. Uh, they want to bring that down so the fans can enjoy it, but how far do you bring it down to versus the competitiveness and I think that's where every motorsports industry is right now. I believe there's no cheap way of motorsports. Mm -mm. You know, you know, you can do whatever type of motorsports you want. There's no cheap thing. You know, mm -hmm. you know, there's things that there's hobbies that you can do that it can be cheap. You know, for for example, scene racing. In scene racing, you can buy a $250 steering wheel, uh, I don't know, a $300 frame with a 90 bucks TV screen, and you'll be fine with it, you know? At the same time, you can spend like a $1,000 rig, a $900, <laughs> you can spend like a bunch of money, monitors, steering wheel, blah, blah, and, and you can have the expensive setup ever. In motorsports... It's not like that, you know. 
tires are expensive. Uh, the metal for the roll cage is way expensive. Engine is expensive. Suspension is expensive. You know, uh, the carbon fiber, the, alum the, the aluminum to make the car lighter, you know. All the components to make a, any type of race car is so damn expensive mm -hmm. that it's impossible to have a cheap, a, a cheap sport. You want to have a cheap, a cheap sport with four wheels? Build a fucking soapbox. Mm. You know, Rich, uh, Patrick, <laughs> uh, I think you, you and I both have a similar experience. Yes, the parts are expensive. You know what's more expensive? Yeah. Human labor. That too, yeah. Having the team, having the personnel to build yeah. that car, to put together those components to make a competitive race car. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that's another part that a lot of people don't realize. How many people we see go over the wall? We have two tire changes, a jackman, uh, you know, on each side, plus the fuel man, and that doesn't count the car engineer, the crew chief, uh, yeah. all the back, the back end engineers. That all costs money too. Yeah. So That's what I'm it, telling it, you. There's no way of cheap motorsports. Cheap mm -hmm. motorsports. While the motorsport, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago, when when your NASCAR car was a car made on your back garage mm -hmm. with four with four buddies. On a crappy engine made of spare parts, and you show that to the track, and you race that. That's, in my opinion, I don't know. Reb might know more than that because you know he yeah. has lived more more than me. <laughs> but but from my point of view, that's that's the cheapest way of racing back then, fifty years ago. Right now, you know, people want to win, and people want to build quality cars, and that costs with with components, suspension, personnel, facilities, machinery. Like mm -hmm. machinery, you know the CNCs to, to oh man to, to cut the parts, you know. Uh, the, um, Let, the let's not even talking the about the, the, the manufacturers. The you have that. GM, you have Ford, you have Toyota. They want their cut too. Uh, I, I know Toyota. At least TRD a couple of years ago, they supplied the engines, and they wouldn't allow the teams to tear them apart. If there was an no. engine leak or if there was a, a, a ring that blew or something like that, the team couldn't touch it. It had to no. go back to TRD for R&D and see what they did. So that a was a, of, that's a whole other issue. As a matter of fact, I believe, you know, maybe Red no more, more than me. I'm just assuming. I'm, I don't want to say I'm right, you know. But <laughs> well, but, it's funny you bring up I, Rev. Uh, he says he can go on for hours about this part. Oh well, yeah, system. because so he knows more than the nerve. You know, on track to do that. Was there, you know. But but I believe that all engines are sealed. You know, the only thing mm -hmm. I believe you can change in those engines is the oil and the spark plugs and the spark plugs wiring. I think that's even if you're lucky during a race situation. Yeah, but I mean that's the only things you can touch out of an engine. The oil, spark plugs, and spark plug wiring, and all, and all that silly stuff. But but deeper in the engine, I believe teams are not allowed to touch that. Well, and two things. I wanted to go back to when Carl was talking about um, ticket prices. Um, so I remember when I was a kid, I mean, it's now 20 years ago, um, going to Texas yeah. Motor Speedway as a kid, tickets to a race were uh, 120 bucks. Um, this 2004, 2005 standards too, like they were expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I look now and I can go to the cup race for the same price. So I will give mm. them credit of the value okay. of the dollar has changed, but the, the price is you get more value out of it. I guess you can say, um, 
But uh, another hot topic in NASCAR right now is the charter agreement um, between the teams mm-hmm. and the tracks of those ticket ticket sales. The, the teams don't see that as of right now. The, these teams don't really make much. Yeah, they have a, a, a prize purse um, for the races, but these purses at most of these tracks, um, unless it's Daytona or unless it's the Coke 600, um, yeah. they don't pay the cost of attending. Obviously, that's why teams have sponsors. And mm-hmm. I, I think NASCAR really needs to get away from that whole um, model. Yes, the sponsor model. Um, I, I don't know how y'all feel about the whole charter system and, and treating uh, an individual car as like a sports franchise in other leagues, but obviously it works in other leagues. And I don't know for certain if it would work in NASCAR, but I feel like they really have to get away from that reliance on sponsors. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. saying get rid of sponsors on cars. Of course not. Like they're great as a supplemental income. However, NASCAR will not But no made the team 90% dependent on exactly. Well, look at BJ McLeod in the 78 in the Xfinity series. He showed up at the black car, zero sponsors. Mm-hmm. But he had to adhere to that charter series. What if we if you get rid of Steven exactly? What if you get rid of that charter series? If you have the money, come bring it. Come race. I would yeah. love to see 45, yeah. 50 cars at Daytona 500 to yeah. see what they can do. Bring it on. As a matter of fact, back in the day, we used to see 43 cars on track. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of uh, pit stalls you know, to put a couple mm-hmm. more cars. So what's the point of, of limiting the field? You know how much effort he had to put to invest on the car? Mm-hmm. Having the pit crew come from Hendrick. You know, I'm really sure that the Hendrick pit crew is not is not cheap. You know, he had to pay for that and to bring the car and all that. And going home, having spending all that money and got nothing in return. Uh, I don't know if I if I was B.J. McLeod, I would be pissed. And but the problem is if you. I, I don't know if you're saying to like expand the charter system to have 43 charters or, or what? No, no, you know, you know, like I know if the, you can afford to race it, bring it and race it. And that's how that's... it currently is. However, obviously those numbers aren't what they used to be of rev saying mm-hmm. back in the day, there used to be 60 cars coming to Daytona and it was insane. Um, yes, yeah. that was a time before charters were a thing, but that was also a time where, NASCAR was the most profitable it had ever been, and it's yeah. nowhere near that right now. So I think the charters help the teams get through those tougher times without relying on the sponsors as much. And if you have the money and you don't have a charter and you can't afford a charter because where charters going for right now forty million a charter, <laughs> but um, like I'm not saying to not make it to the track, but at the end of the day, like. You have those 36 charters. It should stay around that 36 charters. But NASCAR needs to be responsible for ensuring that these charters can survive without relying solely on sponsorship. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's right. NASCAR needs its drivers just as much as the drivers need NASCAR. And that's really the situation that it is. Yeah. And and at this point, NASCAR is like, I want it all. Yes. And that's and, always how it's been because they, yeah. the teams make so much money from these sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you you see like teams like Joe Gibbs, for for example, if Danny Hamlin, this has been teasing for a couple of years now, 
the presence of FedEx being less mm -hmm. and less and less every season. Imagine that tomorrow FedEx says, hey, guys, my bad, but we're pulling the plug. Danny Hamlin will be screwed because there's mm -hmm. going to be how much, like like 20 races that he needs to find something to cover, and there's no guarantee that you're going to find something to cover that. So that's the problem, you know. You know, teams can, okay, yeah, they need sponsor, you know, because that that helps, you know, they hit a, a little bit, but depending, 95%, like 95% of the season cannot depend on sponsorship only. And that's why it was I, a big deal when Dollar Tree signed on with uh, yes with yes uh, Legacy because you don't see they committed to a full season not on one yeah. car but a full season with the team well, which is yeah you don't hear that anymore. L l l let's expand our view a little bit, Richard. Uh, you said your dad has a TA two car, and you know we, we've already hit that racing is not cheap. How does he able? Like, granted, everything is different. But still, racing is racing, and at the, the core of things, uh, there's got to be some similarities. How does your dad run that team, run that car, get that car out there you know, as much as he can? I can't say every week, because I, I honestly don't know the whole structure of everything. But how does that team run? How does that car run on that spectrum of motorsports in general? Same way a lot of small race teams have before his own business. His own business mm -hmm. sponsors the car. He he puts the he puts the work in at work every day, Monday through Friday, and then he comes home, works on the car, and gets it ready for race day during the long weekends when he has a race. So and even then, like the car itself, you're talking eighty, ninety thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. um, nobody on the team makes money. We mm -hmm. we don't get paid to go there. We go there to assist him. Um, I mean, he's got to pay for tires. The entry fee is um, getting ridiculous, especially for TA2. I think, I think this year Trans Am is uh, for TA2 classes five thousand dollars to race in the weekend. How much? Um, five thousand dollars to race the weekend. Just the entry fee. Just, Just the entry fee, and that's TA2. Um, so imagine so my dad. My dad, he's not racing in TA2 because mm -hmm. of that. Um, yeah. He's taking his car across the across the pit box to svra but svra used to be 500 dollars to race for the weekend yeah. but this year they upped their price to 1300 dollars a weekend to race so, so it, i mean he it's his own business that's paying for it like yeah, that's that's how a lot it's so a racing pretty much got yeah. you know started that's what a that's lot of more than did back in what the 80s the 70s like it was well, it was your own business or a buddy's business that you know put you in the car. It wasn't uh, these big corporations, these mm -hmm. big old race teams putting the money forth. Well, and and just be me. Let me let's put it in perspective. I think we all work you know normal day jobs, forty hours a week. That thirteen hundred dollars is more than I make in half a month. Like there's Hell no yeah. way. And, and Hell it's yeah, not gonna happen. Like thirteen hundred dollars. That's what I, that's that's a little less than what I make on a paycheck. Um, but like that's that's a lot of money. Now the good thing about yeah. Trans Am though is they don't race every Sunday though. Um, they have their you know their weeks where they race back to back to back pretty much. But you know they're racing in March and then they don't race again till May, maybe June. So you know they got a big break. Now on the flip side of that, NTA two there are teams that do have you know they're a bigger name team and they have drivers that they pay to come drive their car for them. So there is that also in Trans Am. Um, 
But like in TA2 this year, also on top of the increased entry fee, they also just forced all their teams to buy an in-car camera for the broadcast. And that's $6,000. And Trans Am didn't put the money forth for the drivers to get that. They had to get it themselves. Trans Am was betting on the team's sponsors to pay for that. Now, the team that my dad is a crew chief for in the TA2 class, that guy sold his business. He is now running on his own money. Damn. So it's it's not just NASCAR that's doing this stuff. Trans Am's doing it also. It's mm-hmm. it's like they're just the it's the big organizations that uh, the the overall governing body NASCAR Trans Am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're wanting the money, and it's just yeah. like you know they see the drivers like, well, you're getting all this money from you know your sponsors. It's like, well, yeah, because I'm the one in the car doing. I'm their representative mm-hmm. basically. You're yeah. not their representative. I am. Like I'm your representative, but like. It, it it's a balancing act that's never going to balance because someone's always going to want more money. And that's that's what it literally boils down to. And Rev brings up um, that in 2005, the entry fee for the Daytona 500 was 35 grand, um, and that's the entry fee to to get a qualifying spot. Um, that does that, not that guarantee, guarantee you, in you a spot in the big show. <laughs> and but I will say the minimum payout for that race for finishing last place, if you make the 500, was 220 grand. So the risk reward is somewhat reasonable there um, for a team. Yes, thirty five thousand is a lot of money, but you make that show, you you six x your money. But, but back you, in the day, you, wanna, you had you to know go through Speedweek. You had to go through the Clash. You had to go through the Tool. You had to go through a lot, and your car can get destroyed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not, no so clash, that yeah. risk reward is. Yeah, really. It wasn't called the, the clash. It was the shootout. The Bud Wild. Okay, shootout. yeah, that the Bud and shootout. You, that's right. And you had the Bud pay. shootout was a different thing. That was not and even you had to pay for more time. Like, yeah, that was. I wish they'd bring that back. But anyways, <laughs> um, on, on you know with the Trans Am or whatnot, we're talking about winners fees or whatnot. You said that was last place, right? Last place got two twenty. Mm-hmm. Trans Am, if you win, so you're paying five grand to race for the weekend. If you win. I think the biggest purse I saw was a thousand dollars. That's a speed, Damn. that's a slap in the face. This is oh, yeah. literally Trans Am TA two is literally just an expensive hobby. That's and not Trans Am that's is trying to make money from it, and it's like that's BS. And it comes that's back an to uh, we don't race for money; we race because we like to. Where we like it, we <laughs> I mean, yes and no, but like the governing body should not be charging that much. No. If you want to attract drivers, if you want to attract teams, if you want to attract the fan base, you need to give them incentive. And I yeah. think that's and, why here at BRB, our entry fee of $20 for the season is a tremendous value of what we give you for don't, that Don't money. even get me started on the PRB Racing League. The tremendous value of $20, Adam does so much. And, and, and again, it comes out of his own pocket with all the practices and everything adam does so much for this and to make it successful or to attempt to make it successful it's just outrageous and people don't understand and it's it 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 goes down from level to level uh it, it costs 50 cents per hour to rent time on the server yeah. And if you add that up, Adam's been putting up practice sessions two to four hours for two to four sessions apiece. That's anywhere between twenty to forty dollars uh, a week, and, and we have what practice. a twenty twenty four race. I mean, that's two hundred to four hundred dollars out of Adam's pocket, and we cannot thank Adam enough 
for him putting forth that effort. Yeah, so that's right. That's right. And that, that, that just goes... does not include broadcast fees. That does not include our monthly fees for our website. That doesn't include a, 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 a long that's... list of our yeah, budget. A very, that is why very long list. Also. That's what sponsors are there for. So if... exactly, and I can't thank our sponsors enough. Um, sorry, yeah, that's true. Um, no, no, especially especially uh, Sundance kicker. Pizza more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, I don't know I mean, if y'all are here, but we we wouldn't <laughs> be here in this situation at least as happy in this situation um, right. without y'all. Yes. Um, definitely. Y'all y'all put up the money to let us all race at the end of the day, so we are all in this league thankful to you and and your help and and yes letting us do yes, very sure. much but, so man but yeah, and some... like talking like talking about sponsors and whatnot like we have a title sponsor for the brb racing league it is sundance pizza or not sundance it's a butt kicker butt kicker sundance pizza is another high oh we're gonna slap in the face for that i know i'm, I'm a terrible <laughs> person but either way we have a title a title for our league we're the butt kicker cup series nascar doesn't have a title anymore nascar nope. cup series that's it they they're titles. not the monster huh they have they have four uh I don't know what if they're called title sponsors or what they're called now. Partners, they're called partners. Yeah, like I guess NASCAR... I would say they're partners because if it was a title, it'd be like the Monster Cup Series or the. You know, the... I guess NASCAR got what they tired used to be. of Winston Cup Series. Like man, they uh, used to have I a be... title for their series, and they don't. Right? I, I believe NASCAR got tired of changing the name every four season. NASCAR Spring Cup, NASCAR they Next. Taken so... seriously anymore? Yeah, exactly. So. so... I believe NASCAR went back to what it was before, NASCAR Cup Series, then the sponsor or whatever, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess NASCAR got tired of changing the damn name for a couple seasons. And he said, you know what, Let, let's leave it like that. Whoever wants to sponsor, come in and do it and... We're fine, and that's what it is. Well, Y'all are right. It is premier. They're called premier partners. Sorry, it's it's Bush Beer, Coca Cola, Geico, and uh, Infinity. Yes. Yep. Well, also, you know, you you get into man, we're we're gonna go way over. Sorry, Steve. We're way over. We're almost <laughs> three um, hours. But you know, I'm this struggling. goes into like you get you put a name on the series. And that gives power to the sponsor itself. The sponsor gets to determine how they want the race to go, how they want uh, everything. They kind of structure around the sponsor itself. So at least the way the Cup Series is now, they have a little bit of freedom, a little bit of leeway in terms of uh, you know, payouts, uh, the, the, the playoff schedule, everything else, but there's still some constrictions. But with the partnerships, like you said, Patrick, it gives a little more leeway. I, I, and, and I think uh, we hit it a couple, a few weeks ago. Uh, in fact, earlier, Stephen, you said Dollar Tree. You know, we need more sponsorships. In fact, I was talking to Ashley the other day, Tony Breidinger. Um, she mm -hmm. brought Victoria's Secret to ARCA. Raising Canes. Like, Exactly, raising canes. Some some names you've never seen before, but the reason they didn't get off the platform, as it were, is a lot of people said, "Oh, that's just weird." And instead of just accepting it and bringing those sponsors, bringing that money in, there was a lot of pushback. I I can't. I'm not gonna lie. Bring tampons into the play. Bring Victoria's Secret. Bring maxi pads into it. If it brings money to the sport, if it brings attraction to the sport, 
Why is that an issue? I mean, shoot, they, we had well, Kevin Conway with the Extends car for a little bit there. And, uh... it, no, it depends. Bring the pins into it Eight. because I can guarantee, give me 30 years, I'll be wearing that shit, okay? And the problem is, Carl, bro, it has I to think... fit the demographic. Also, well, yes. Yeah, that too. And we need to know how much it costs as space to be a sponsor. You know, example, you know, the Geico Restart Zone. How much Geico is paying for have his publicity on the Restart Zone, right? It comes in with their yeah. premier partnership, though. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, an example, you know, or or how much these guys of the white flag, Credit One Bank, pays for being the Credit One uh, white flag, you know, or... You know, have to see, okay, I guess sponsors want to get into the sport. But I guess the prices of some spaces, you know, are, like, out of their interest in a way. Like, no, man, like, put my name on that corner? Nah, that's too much for me. Forget about it. You know, I believe that's one of the issues about about NASCAR these days. How much it costs a spot to put my name on it well and the apparently i don't know how accurate this figure is but hypothetically i'll say the cost of a primary sponsorship on a car for one season in nascar is 35 million dollars yeah and that is so that boils down to what a about a million dollars a race we can just say if yeah. that's uh, your, your main sponsor on the car yeah. walmart last year in gross profit made 1.6 billion dollars you cannot tell me that's not enough. And, yeah. and, and and that comes, you know, real quick, it, it comes down to it takes a village. And right now, we need a large village. If everyone, if there was a large, much larger attraction of sponsorships, it wouldn't be that much for each individual team, each individual sponsor. But that's... The rub is we need a lot of people and a lot of sponsors, and if they all came together and came to an agreement, we could have it. And it wouldn't be an issue, but it's that whole community side of it versus the individuality of it. Oh, I want my screen time. I want my screen yes. time. And that's where we're having an impasse. You have yeah, to have but that I value don't... proposition for, for the company to do mm -hmm. it a million dollars even to walmart is not like throwaway money that's serious money for a marketing budget and when a mm -hmm. or when a company is having troubles their marketing team is usually the first thing to go if if they even have a marketing team at all because a lot of marketing teams are third party uh vendors mm -hmm. with corporations even big corporations yeah. uh don't control their own marketing so that's a whole nother wrench Oh, the, the, you know, we, we, we unfortunately don't make enough, <laughs> don't yeah. understand enough to everything that goes on to this. Yeah, I, but I, I also believe that NASCAR is not like the NASCAR uh, director or whoever turns the ship around. Uh, they don't want to listen to, to people. They are, I, I believe, they are in a position, okay, we're going to do things our way or our way, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess you guys need more money to make to the year's end, but we're not interested in that. We're going to make it the way we feel it should be done. That's why there there have been a lot of rumors then that some NASCAR teams may, may go rogue and start their own series, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So That's because, actually been picking up speed. But, because you know, Pat- they feel, yeah, because they feel okay. NASCAR is not willing to to hear or or consider or demands. Then we go somewhere else. So, 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 Patrick, I'm gonna build off that. All right. Yeah. Um, we, I think you and I both have a interest at least in Formula One. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just bring that into play. I show up, I wake up at 4 or 5 in the morning to watch a Formula 1 race, okay? It's brought on by ESPN, yeah. and almost no commercials. No. Green flag to checker flag, 100% coverage. It doesn't matter who wins. Let's skip the whole Red Bull, Mercedes, whatever. Let's skip yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But they show up, they televise their product with 100% coverage. And yep. that's brought on by Mercedes, Ferrari. They bring that in. Yeah. That means that the manufacturers, the sponsors themselves, put in the money for it yeah. to where, guess what? We don't need commercials no. because our name is already on the cars. Yeah. So what's to say that NASCAR doesn't adjust their model to do something similar? Man, you know, NASCAR commercials has has gone outrageous the last couple of years. Like, like you know, how many times I get out of the get out of the couch to do something on my house here when they go in commercials. You know, they go in commercials. They stream like seven minutes of action. Oh, we're, oh, we're we're gonna be right back after some commercials and. Man, I lost the count of how many times they go to commercials, and sometimes they go to com- to commercials at the worst moment mm-hmm. when when there's some great battles on track. NBC, are you hearing me? Yeah, because they are notoriously <laughs> known for for doing that. They're fighting for the league door to door, and they decide to go go to commercial anyway. Like, uh, uh, we're going to commercial. We don't give a damn. So. And I think NASCAR has a harder spot. Um, of the, I'm I'm gonna try to end this conversation by by saying like NASCAR, NASCAR has been around so long and it's been conducted a certain way for so long. Um, NASCAR as an organization and a, a lot of the fans um, aren't willing to change the model, whether it's for their benefit or whatever the case is. I, I think the F1 model is super popular right now because um, yeah. it doesn't rely on the sponsors as heavy. Um, and I really hope NASCAR can figure that out. Um, but there will be some reluctancy from the demographic of NASCAR fans and NASCAR as a whole uh, governing body. But yeah, um they need unfortunately unfortunately there is no great upheaval there is no change without great upheaval and and this is where i'm caught up is like i i enjoy watching f1 because guess what i get to wake up and watch two hours straight of racing it doesn't matter if it's good racing bad racing it doesn't matter i get to watch racing yeah. But like Patrick said, on the other hand, it was NASCAR. Granted, there there is nonstop action. It doesn't matter if it's for first, for tenth, for twentieth, playoffs, non-playoffs, you name it. There's action all the time. Yeah. 
but we get five hours or five minutes of action versus seven minutes of commercial. So it, it, it's that balance to where what do you want to watch? What are you really invested in as a consumer, as a fan? And that comes down and that also ultimately ends up as the sponsor plan and where the money comes from. And that's where the U.S. is separated from the worldwide world of sports. Yeah. (laughs) No pun intended. And if you see Formula One, they are flooded with sponsors like Rolex, Ferrari, uh, Mercedes. uh, Different demographics. Netflix Netflix with the Drive for Survive series. Seiko. You know Zoom. I mean, it is... Different demographic. You know know how much money Netflix put into Formula One just to make the series of Drive to Survive. And and, and that's also the attributing factor as to the whole uh, Netflix documentary to NASCAR. I think that was a huge risk, which may pay off, but we won't see that until later in the season. All right. Let us move on. (laughs) Last thing we have to do. Sorry, Steven. You're good. I am all for Sorry, Richard. I'm East Coast motherfucker. Deal with your punks, Savannah, Georgia. All right. So... One last thing we have to do next week. NASCAR is in, uh, or is at, is in Atlanta uh, for Atlanta Super Speedway, whatever you want to call it, for the Am Better Health 400. We each have to pick a winner. None of us were right last week, right? Nope. I think I chose. Nope. We were all bad. Yeah. All well, bad. I mean, bad is subjective, but we'll all have to pick our winner. Um, and we, we have to do that based off of how we finish this race. So I'll pick first. Carl will pick. Then Richard will pick. But Dustin, or Dustin, Reb says I looked at they will win. Um, Patrick, who do you have winning uh, the Cup Series race this weekend? Easiest pick of them all. Number nineteen, Joe Gibbs Racing, Martin Brooks Jr. <laughs> Let's go, baby! And boy, never won a super speedway, but I know, I know, I know. I'm part of the of the Brooks Jr. bandwagon. I know, I know. So I have to say. I did some interesting uh, research into this coming race this weekend of the history of Atlanta Motor Speedway and their winners. And it seemed like certain generations um, had back and forth winners of you had Carl Edwards winning, you had Casey Kane winning. They went back and forth for a little bit. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano went back and forth a little bit. Kevin Harvick and someone else went back and forth a little bit. Um, I bring that up because right now it's William Byron has won two at Atlanta recently. So he's going back and forth with, there's two people that have won recently other than him at Atlanta. You have uh, Chase Elliott and Joey Logano, and I'm going to go back to Chase Elliott's going to win this weekend, and he's going to get his first win. Nice in pick, nice pick. Two seasons. F Logano, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, Patrick. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. So our, my bad if there are any Joey Logano fan. Watching bad. us or in the league, but that's my opinion. opinion. Screw it. Uh, Gavin's the only one that cares about him. We don't care. Um, <laughs> Carl, who do you got? <laughs> All right. Uh, FYI, I do want to say I don't like Logano as a racer. I do not like him. As a person, if he's in the broadcast booth, I absolutely love him. In fact, uh, any time Logano's on the TV, uh, the wife says if he doesn't have his glasses, it's it's a turnoff. So she really likes Logano in the booth with the glasses. Um, but here, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put out. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Ooh, I don't know. Ryan Blaney. 
Uh, I, th I think he is really good on the super speedways, and that's what we got going on this weekend. So I'm going to choose the 12 and Ryan Blaney for Penske Motorsports. We just hope he don't get crashed. <laughs> it's a super speedway. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> your your wife is mad at you, Carl. Oh, um, oh, oh. Yeah, well, you know I what? Get, well, I'll deal I with get... it later. Well, I guess somebody's sleeping in the garage. <laughs> sleeping in the garage. He's probably <laughs> sleeping where he's sitting. Yeah. I'm probably hey, you know what? You spent I'm that okay much money on that. that, and you made me mad? You could sleep in it now. I'm okay <laughs> with that, because this chair is actually really comfy. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't lean back. <laughs> All right, Richard. It does. It does. Who you got? Uh, I'm not. Okay, Carl. Uh <laughs> I'm not going to go into huge details or whatnot. Uh, I just, I'm going to go, you know what, two races in a row with him. I'm going to go Kyle Busch just because um, he showed a lot of promise last year with RCR in his first year with the team. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he can continue that. Um, I think he's he's ready. He's ready to do more in a Chevy. So. All right. Good deal. So Kyle we got Bush, number eight. Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott ryan blaney and kyle bush so we will be watching this sunday hopefully if they can get the race going on sunday i know there's been talks of rain already but um it, are you serious there, there were earlier in the week I've, I've heard much better reports as of late so i'm not going to even put that into the into the the universe but uh, it's, it's been a weird late winter early spring for yeah, weather across yeah. the united states so who yeah. knows what's gonna happen of course i think it's stupid they're going to atlanta after Daytona. i agree like, honestly well, two super speedways in a row that's super weird that's a whole nother talking point um, yeah, that I mean, we'll get to talk about that. next week um after atlanta <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Patrick, I wanted to thank you for, for joining us, giving us your three hours tonight. Guys, uh, I I have to wake at 4 a.m., but I don't care. I'm here. <laughs> but, no, thank you so much like, for joining making us. Making faces like, I'm ready to end this, I'm ready to end this. And then Patrick's like, oh, I got to wake up in four hours, guys. It's like, oh, why did I say something? <laughs> see, see Patrick's just awesome that way. He's an Iron Man. He got this. You know, bro. Back in the day, I used to race every single night, then go to college, study, come back, then, you know. <laughs> now, now, with all the years on me, you know, I'm no longer to do that because, yeah, life, work, back and back pain and all that. But, yeah, back in the day, from Monday to Sunday, I race every night. Could do, but we... Uh, but, hey, guys, thank you for having me. I you. really have a blast uh, with you guys. Uh, I oh, hope yeah. I can be sitting here somewhere in the future again. I would love to. So hey, maybe if you thank win you that again. championship. Nah, not forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Of thank course. You. Thank you. And thank you, Carl. And thank you, Richard, for, <laughs> for toughing it out for this one. But uh, I wanted to also thank our sponsors again, um, Butt Kicker. For the Butt Kicker Cup Series, uh, the leader in haptics, we have Sundance Pizza. Go try them out in Wickenburg anytime you are in the Phoenix area. Um, Idealese and Trivista as well. Without y'all, we would not be here doing what we enjoy every week. And um, also, for up-to-date news on the Butt Kicker Cup Series, please visit our page on Facebook, like, share. Um, and visit www.brbracingleague.com. A new episode of the Holler Podcast can be found on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, it will be up by Monday. 
I can promise you that I'm going to have a little bit longer um, download time because of how long this uh, episode was, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick through it and uh, be sure to tune in uh, to the uh, Buck Kicker Cup series, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson 175 at Rockingham <laughs> on Tuesday, and we will post oh, an updated link um, on our Facebook for the stream and stream details to follow. Uh, but yeah, thank you all again, and we will catch you all next week. Buck Kicker, feel what you've been missing. See you guys. Okay, Carl. <laughs> <laughs>